Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Talking Comics Podcast. It's a Wednesday, November 8th, and you're listening to episode number 623. I am your host, Steve Say, and joining me for this week's show are Mr. Bob Ryer. Higher for the faster, baby. Oh, yeah. John Burkle is in the house. I hope everybody voted yesterday. Indeed. And in America, in America, I don't know where you're Canadian. But in America. America, in America, in America. Uh, later on in the show, we'll be joined, likely, by Karen everyone Amos and John <laughs> Joe, John Bertino. John uh, Bertino, Joey's brother. Wow, yeah. Joey's Joey's alias. I asked. I, I texted him the other day, and when I asked him to take When he wants to be a charming Midwesterner, he becomes John Bertino. <laughs> and uh, friend of the podcast and my neighbor. Uh, Tim Fraser is going to be coming on to the show a little later. Uh, Tim was on, I think, maybe last year he was on the show as like a, a full episode guest. Uh, if you're if you're a so. longtime listener of the show, you've heard Tim before. Anyway, he's got uh, he's launched his first Kickstarter oh. and uh, for this really cool book that uh, I've had the pleasure of reading. And we're going to talk a little bit about it later. Uh, but. Let's see. What do we have for this week's show? Uh, I think we're going to catch up with some Halloween shenanigans super quickly. Uh, We've got lightning rounds that we're going to go through. And then we're going to have kind of an all-encompassing conversation about the state of Marvel. Uh, The MCU, uh, specifically, with Marvel Spotlight being announced earlier uh, this week. And kind of our hype levels for the Marvels coming out at the end of this week. And uh, yeah, just like what what do we want to see for the MCU's future now that they're kind of gaining steam again and looking to kind of get everyone's attention? There's there was kind of a big story about some rumblings of what they might be doing in the future. Uh, and I don't really know where that stuff fits into their current plans or what's been announced. So, I don't know. I thought we could talk about it. So that's pretty much sure. what we're doing this episode. What was that, Bob? Sure. Oh, okay. To, to I'm glad you agree with me. Ellen, Ellen, Ellen Green from Little Shop of Horrors. Agreeing with me is so, always a good way to go. Yes. Okay. So really quick, before we do lightning rounds, I want to talk about Halloween again because I... I'm not willing to give this holiday up just yet. You could take your Christmas ornaments and stuff them and your music too. I'm just kidding. Christmas is great. Um, We had an absolutely fantastic Halloween this year. I think the best Halloween that we've had in quite some time. And one of the reasons that we had a great Halloween, and I'm happy to say 
that this place that we're in now, we've been here for a little bit less than a year. This is our first Halloween in this house. We almost ran out of candy. And I spent, baby, I got giant, giant buckets of candy. And the good stuff, the good stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. I'll, 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 I'll tell you a little something uh, after after this next bit. But um, so for the first part of the evening, like it's getting dark and the whole bit, no one's showing up. And if there's anything more disappointing than not having kids come to your door on Halloween, it's seeing Bronwyn's face of disappointment because all she wants on Halloween is to see people in their costumes and hand out candy. It's like her favorite thing to do in the world. So she's getting sad. I'm getting sad because she's getting sad. And then like magic, like Halloween magic, once the first kid showed up, it was like the floodgates were open and we could not stop the doorbell from ringing and kids showing up in like whole groups, five nine kids at a time all with their hands out all dressed up there were three girls like i guess tweens that were dressed as uh alvin simon and theodore which was amazing i was like (laughs) why are you dressed like the chipmunks you have aged out of the chipmunks by several generations what is happening right now they never go it was it was very clever um they looked great it was it was fantastic um tons of video game characters lots of super mario brothers stuff lots of ghostbuster stuff lots of like classic witches and ghosts and stuff like mm-hmm. that a few vampires um one kid came to the door dressed as a cop and was like looking for the shitty candy <laughs> there was none um but anyway we we got down to like the bottom of our candy bucket we were like holy shit so this has inspired me that I think one of our goals for next year is I think we want to be the whole candy bar house next year. Oh, no, that's a bold step. I know. Are you very pricey? Very Because the word word day. will spread quickly. Uh, I think I'm getting a little bit out of my depth here. Through the through the kid candy underground, they'll be like, oh, the people down the street. They, they have full candy bars. We they were the only people that country. decorated <laughs> in our entire complex. We're the only oh, really? ones. Yeah. Uh, My neighbors oh, decorated I'll... for Christmas. Oh, we had, uh, we had we uh, had webs all over the stairs. We had a giant scarecrow with glowing eyes, like a pumpkin head scarecrow with glowing eyes. Uh, we had like bones sticking out of our little garden thing that we have in the middle. One of them was given a peace sign. The other one's given a thumbs up. Awesome. Uh, which is a lot of fun. And uh, we have a mat in front of our door that says dead inside, which is pretty <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, I mean, we were doing it, but like, I kind of want to get candy bars throughout the year every now and again and keep like a stash, not do it all at once, not drop like a couple hundred bucks on candy bars. And how many, go. how many pieces of candy do you figure you gave out? And then multiply that by, I don't know, two I mean, if you're giving every kid one full candy bar, or maybe you have two different kinds, just in case there's like peanut allergies or something like that. Um, It's Halloween, die, who cares? Allergies (laughs) go out the window. That's on the kids and the parents. That's That's on on the kids kids and the parents. parents. Can't worry about where they were made or how. We are not there as a society yet. We can't be there. All right. All right. Anyway, I, I, I... 
I kind of want to. Robin was like, "Do you think we'll have the self control to not eat them throughout Don't, the yeah. year?" Don't buy them too early because if you you buy Reese's piece or Reese's peanut butter cups now, they're gonna be like sand crap by the time you give them out next year. So yeah, gotta you gotta gauge when you do this and when you buy your candy. Right, so, buy them too early to eat them yourself or they go bad. Yeah, have these kids so, poop in uh, silt. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, because they'll still eat it because they'll eat anything on Christmas on uh, Halloween night. I'm still eating Halloween candy. We went over to my friends Brad and Colleen's, and I took their entire stash of Airheads back with me, and nice. so I've been Airheadsing it up over here. My tongue is like cherry red, and then I got a lot of the mystery flavored ones. They're fantastic. Anyway, Airheads is a great movie. I love that yeah. movie. I'm I love sure that there movie. are aspects of it that have not aged well, but oh, it is absolutely. Great, but great that movie, movie was great at the time it came out. Oh God, the cast for that mm. movie. Um, yeah. that's I, the kind I, of movie I, that you forget that certain people were in it, and then you're watching it again, and you're like, "Oh, holy shit! It's what's it's his like, face? It's Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. It's Steve yeah. Buscemi." <laughs> not even that though. Like, uh, what's his face? The guy from Spinal Tap. Um, was that? Oh, uh, uh, Chris McKean, something Chris McKean, McKean, yeah, Michael, yeah. Mike, Michael, Michael McKean. McKean, Michael McKean, Michael yeah. McKean, that's it. Yeah. And then um, the guy, the guy who played Kramer was the the uh, climbing Michael through Richards. the rafter. Yeah. Yep. And then, um, God, who the one of the Brat Pack was the music executive. Oh. Uh, um, it was the he was the bad boy in Breakfast Club. Oh, Judd Nelson? Judd Nelson. Judd Nelson. Judd Nelson. Yep. Okay. Oh, yeah. here. All right. Uh, I'm gonna, I, we're doing Halloween. I got to talk Halloween. All right. I Here locally by me, I gave out maybe three pieces of candy, and I gave them out personally to the people across the street before I left for Halloween Central, which was Dawn and Ed's house. Oh. Um. Their decorations are off the charts. The entire lawn is covered in six-foot ghosts that have been set up with uh, steel skeletons within the sheets over them. Ooh. Various, various tombstones of all sorts of characters and everything else. Mechanical things that do jump scares as people walk past them. <laughs> The lights are going, there's music and the whole thing. And all the while, Ed is is wandering around the front yard dressed as an absolutely perfect Michael Myers. Ah. Which includes going out into the street and just wandering behind groups of, of people. Michael Myers was really big this year for Halloween. Yeah. He was everywhere. And I can't quite well, figure the, out why. The end of the new trilogy was last Halloween. So yeah. There's a guy online who Myers. puts on a Michael Myers costume in the beginning of October and drives around his Doesn't Illinois town and his wife always well, has things about him. And then he um uh he has kid involved with it. So it's like an online meme thing too. Yeah. Yes. Well, at one point there, there was a kid that came up on Ed's lawn who was probably eight years old dressed as the little Michael Myers. So they're great pictures of him. Got the Michael Myers and Michael Myers Jr. But the mm -hmm. same thing happened over there, Steve. I got there about four. And for the longest time, there were some parents with the real, real little ones. And kind of nothing. And then all of a sudden, once it started to get dark, yep. in the course of about two, two and a half hours, 
we didn't even bother with the doorbell. I was sitting on the stoop with the candy that we kept refilling. We gave out about 600 pieces of candy. Wow. One, one at a time. Damn. With groups of all sorts of, like I say, video game characters. My favorite, though, we had um, a, a group of four, three in various sports jerseys, and a referee uniform with, with uh, a white cane and dark glasses. <laughs> It's like, okay, we're going with a blind referee and this sports ball. Stuff. I got it. But every every Halloween franchise, whether it was Michael Myers or Jason or Freddy, everybody showed up. Kids really did it. Tons of Barbies. We had lots of Barbies. No Oppenheimers, though. I was hoping to see a Barbieheimer that I could have like taken a picture of, but no. But They're making uh, a, 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 a Barbenheimer movie now. Uh, why not? Yeah. Why not? With Matthew Lillard playing uh, Oppenheimer, <laughs> coming off his triumph. In, in I would Five watch Nights that. Freddy's. I, I would watch that because Matthew Lillard is a gift to society. <laughs> yeah, yes, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. Feeling um, a little woozy, man. <laughs> but coming from my house where there was nobody, literally, to a place where the the entire streets were filled till about nine o'clock at night, and then we all sat down and had had some dinner and watched Carpenter's original Halloween uh, nice. resurrected, resurrected the Halloween. If you're going to do Halloween, it, that was, that was the place for me to go. So uh, kudos to Dawn and Ed and their kids. It was a great night. Indeed. All right, John, what do you got? Halloween wise, anything? Mine sucked. Um, oh, Oh, forget that, it. I that, hear that, from no, you then. That, no, it wasn't bad. The Friday before, um, Halloween, I was eating my lunch at school and I broke a tooth. Whoa. And I was, it, it sucked. And so all, my doc, my dentist couldn't get me until Monday. And I go in on Monday and he's like, oh, we don't need to fix this. We're just going to yank it. And I was like, okay, let's yank no. it. And he goes, oh, I can't yank it. I got to send you to an oral surgeon. And I was like, oh, yay. And so I had to go on Tuesday morning of Halloween and oh, have no. one of my teeth yanked out. So I felt like I went a few rounds with Clubber Lang. Um, yeah. So my uh, my fire pit in the front yard with my cooler full of beers, I hand out candy and I uh, uh, give beers to dads who don't want to be there, uh, went awry. Um, Kayla, That's a great Sawyer, plan. That's a great plan, though. I like oh, yeah. I've been doing it for the past few years. Uh, Sawyer disappeared with his friends. He was uh, DJ Marshmallow, who I don't know who that is, but he does. Oh, I do. It's from Minecraft, right? It's a Fortnite thing. Well, it's not it's a Fortnite, not a Fortnite, thing, Fortnite yeah. thing, but it is a Fortnite thing. Okay, it's a Fortnite thing. Of course it is a Fortnite thing. It's Sawyer. Um, you haven't lived until you've listened to 10-year-olds try to trash talk. And listen, you, you haven't lived until you've seen Post Malone <laughs> perform in Fortnite. Okay. It's happening um, soon. And then uh, Maisie was a leopard and Nora was a, a ghost spider, Spider Gwen. Oh, I love those, pic uh, those pictures. She's yeah, awesome. But I couldn't walk with them, so I couldn't do my Uncle Ben dying reenactment. Um, <laughs> and so I just, I Kayla made me stay at home and hand out the candy. And we we live in a neighborhood where people drive to our neighborhood. Um, yeah. And so there's an expectation. Uh, I was good for about an hour, and then I started to fade uh, from the pain meds. And so uh, we were giving out candy. We were giving out old toys. So we were giving out like. Uh, uh, just you know, action figures and stuff that the kids had collected over the years. 
Nice. There was this cute little four-year-old boy who was like his first Halloween, and I was I was running on fumes. So he got the Halloween jamboree. He got it all. I dumped it nice. all into his bag, and he got all the candy that was left. And I turned off the lights, and I went inside. And everybody came home later, and they asked me how it was. And I said, oh, it was fantastic. I gave all the candy away, <laughs> which, which I did. It's technically true. Yeah. Um, but it was fine. It was fine. The kids, Sawyer brought, Sawyer had like bags of candy. I was like, where were you? He's like, oh, we hit the, we hit the mother load, dad. We hit the mother load. They, they found this neighborhood that's, um, it's, it, it's some pretty affluent houses of, of Iowa city and they like to one up each other. Um, and so they, they tapped that mind and he came home with a lot of full candy bars, but I couldn't eat anything. And he had all my favorites. He had Snickers and he had Reese's peanut butter cups Ooh. and he had just mounds of it. And now I have to have self-control because, you know, I'm not supposed to eat candy on you know November because I got to save myself for Thanksgiving, which is on the horizon. Um, it's right there. Yeah. And I'm, I got to pre prep my turducken next week. So, uh, you know, bringing on the real, the real good holiday. Are you a deep fry turducken or a, an oven turducken? No, I smoke it, Bob, like a true man. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Okay, okay, <laughs> calm down. Oh, I need Aaron on this when I do my turducken speech. All right, yeah, we're not, speech. we're not gonna, yeah. we're not gonna dive into the Thanksgiving yeah, yeah. talk. We've already, we've already Halloweened. Let me, let me have my Halloween for a little. I'm bit sorry, longer. I never. But I did, I did shake my head in derision at my neighbors who did put up their Christmas stuff. I was like shame no shame on you bob shame on not you bob but the other bob they can't no, wait um, they can't wait to take halloween away from us i know i know bob likes to drive his um his riding lawnmower around even though he's got a yard smaller than mine but he drives around the neighborhood <laughs> and he didn't want us to put in speed bumps even though people treat our our, our road like it's the fast and the furious and we got wow. kids yeah so bob bob's that guy not you bob you're great bob this guy no, so so he, so is, is he that david lynch movie where the guy drives the the, the lawn no that's a cool movie Minnesota. that's a true story okay. that's a that's really? a guy really did that in iowa yeah he, he lost his license so he wanted to go visit his brother before he died so he drive his drove his tractor or his uh riding lawnmower <laughs> true story yeah yeah but we won't take away your halloween steve you can have no, one more week won't. of halloween yeah please I, I, I ask for so little. So little. So little. So little let me have this. You can have please, sir. Please, sir. Just let me have my Halloween. <laughs> just a little bit. All right. Um, let's see here. Let's go. Let's go, let's do some lightning rounds because by the time that everybody comes into this show, they're gonna be like you're what? where in the outline. Right. And we're we're ready to go home. We're we're gonna go to bed. We're still talking about Ford Bucket. Um, Ford Bucket. <laughs> Ford Buckets. Oh, God. Tim's going to listen back to this it. episode and hear this and be like, what are they talking about? Ford I, Bucket. It's my I miss. I misspelled the title of your book <laughs> in the outline, and now everybody's sticking it to me. We're fixated. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go first again this week. Ooh. How about it? So... At uh, at Aaron's, not his recommendation, not his insistence, but his influence, I suppose. Uh, I went out and bought myself some Invincible Iron Man one yeah, through eleven, oh. and even though he's talked about it a lot, I am now going to give my thoughts. Suffer. All right. Uh, <laughs> written by Cherry Dugan, 
art by Juan Bergiri, uh and and Andrea DeVito. My cat is making a lot of noise right now. Colors by uh, Brian Valenza and letters by Joe Caramunga. Ah, Caramunga. Uh, this might be the first Iron Man series I've stuck with since we started talking comics. <laughs> I've tried numerous times to get on board with a mainline Iron Man book, but always drop off about four or five issues in. Uh, this series does remind me a bit of where DC has taken Bruce Wayne throughout 2023 with Bruce losing the vast majority of his fortune and needing to rebuild himself from the ground up. However, if there's one thing I enjoy, it's watching billionaires humbled by unfortunate circumstances due in part to their hubris and shattered ideals. Uh-huh. 91 uh, felony indictments. Oh God, this cat. Loki. Listen to this. Bad Loki. Bad. She's playing with a door stopper. Okay. Well, this as you do. <laughs> All right. Uh, where was I? Oh, there there is, there there I'm, get, I'm getting to the serious part. I'm going to talk about my father's alcoholism. <laughs> and then we turn I'm the down only the one lights. laughing. Um, bum, bum, bum. Also, as someone whose father was an alcoholic, we could talk about it. Uh, I appreciate Tony's struggle with remaining sober and how the bottle haunts him uh, when the chips are down. I mostly came to the series because of Aaron's enthusiasm and desire to see the union between Emma Frost and Tony Stark play out. The relationship building for Tony and Emma is incredible in this. I love the two of them together. Uh, I know their marriage is a means to an end, but I hope that they stay together for a while. Uh, they complement each other <laughs> in strange ways uh, with Emma tempering Tony's ego and Tony providing Emma with someone to be vulnerable uh, with in the wake of the mutant massacre at the Hellfire Gala. Uh, I'm also reading because I want to see Fei Long eat shit. Uh, at some point down the road. He's the worst part of many people. I feel the real world would be better off without, and I can't wait to see him get what's coming to him. Uh, I think the series does a little bit of a poor job of depicting Tony's appointment to the high chair of the Hellfire Club, but that being said, maybe that happened somewhere else or in the annual, which I didn't read, uh, so that might just be me being uh, uninformed. It happened in X-Men. Okay. Um... As for the art, I think it's it's decent. It's a little uh, too House Marvel for my taste, but it's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. It actually feels quite appropriate um, for some of like the moods that they're trying to strike uh, throughout this story with Tony being so frustrated and sometimes down on his luck and some of like the darker aspects of his character making uh, making their way through him in this. So... Super good. I came to it for Emma and Tony and, you know, got a lot more bang for my buck uh, after buying these uh, issues. And yeah, it's great. I'm, I'm going to keep going with it. I really enjoyed it. And I cannot stress enough. Emma is the queen. I love her. I love everything about her. Um, the other thing that I read, I read a couple of other things, but the other thing in my lightning round is Spider Boy number one. Written by Dan Slott with art by Paco Medina. Colors by Eric. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> Archaniega. Letters by Joe Caramunga. Again. Uh, what do I have here? Meet Bailey Briggs, the amazing spider boy. After saving the local, the local bowling alley and making an obscene amount of bowling-related puns, Spider-Boy discovers he's the Daily Bugle's latest hit piece. 
That's right. The vultures over at the Bugle have labeled Spider-Boy a monster because, well, he kind of is one. Uh, But that's not the point. Do you know how difficult it is to shed a label after the public has prematurely decided to give you one? It's terrible. I see it every day. Uh, Anyway, the first issue focuses primarily on Spider-Boy adjusting the superhero life and escaping the clutches of Madame Monstrosity and her horrifying, and I love this, Humanimals. Wow. I'm going to say that again. very on the nose, but I got to love That's it. That's awesome. Yeah, the Humanimals. The Humanimals. It sounds like a forgotten 80s action figure yes, line. Yes, yes. The one, I, I forget what they're called, but like the one, I always forget what they're called. Uh, I don't know if they were elementals or something else. The ones where you press your thumb against their chest and it reveals what element they are. They're like wood or fire or water oh, or something. It wasn't elementals. It was God. Yeah. I had it. I had Look so it up. Many, Google it. Google. I'm it. on it. All right. Um, so Bailey in this book feels directly responsible for a friend of his being turned into one of Madame Monstrosity's creatures, and uh, he runs into them at one point in the story, and decides that he is going to save him i don't know exactly what that means i don't know if he thinks that he can reverse uh the experiment but maybe he just means be there for him you know be his friend again that sort of thing um it's it's got a little bit of a heartwarming edge to it i i felt like the beginning of the book was a little too Dan Slot, Spider-Man, new new Spidey character trying to be Spider-Man, but maybe that's kind of where the mindset of the Spider-Man sidekick, especially a kid, would be at. So maybe I'm being a little harsh. Anyway, uh, the artwork is absolutely gorgeous. It's highly expressive. It has all the bells and whistles that you'd want in a you know really action-packed. Spider-Man book, lots of cool moves happening, lots of creatures running around. Uh, I was kind of reminded of the characters from the Ghost Maker Batman stuff, like the the crocodile person, and mm. um, oh god, what was the other one? I don't know. There were there were pangs of that running around in my head as I was reading this. Um, it's a decent start. I would be curious to know how long this series is going to be. If it's a limited, if they're uh, angling for it to be an ongoing, I have no idea, but um, I really like the way that Dan Slott writes Spider-Man and hangs out in that universe. So, uh, and there's still plenty of Peter Parker in this as well. So I'll hang out for a few more issues and see where it goes. Uh, What else have I got on my, Oh, I can do this now while Aaron's not here. Uh, Spider-Man 2, Marvel Spider-Man 2, the video game. I beat it. I beat it 100%. I am currently 86% done with all of the trophies. I do plan to platinum this unless I have screwed myself out of some uh, battle encounters that I need to polish up the trophies. But oh my God, this game, talk about a Spider-Man story there's been a lot of cool Spider-Man stories over the past couple of years, but I can't think of anything that I've read that has been more satisfying as a Spider-Man story than the Marvel Spider-Man games that have come out in the past few years uh, between the one that focuses on Peter, the one that introduces Miles Morales 
and now Spider-Man 2 with both Peter and Miles being in in this game. Um, Just tons and tons of surprises. It's quite long. Um, So it got to the point where like I felt like everything was wrapping up and then no, there turns out to be a whole third act to this game that I, I was not anticipating but absolutely loved that they managed to somehow make this game that was already amazing feel like it had a whole other game built into it and this whole third act um like we wrapped everything up from the beginning of the game and now we're doing this stuff and just where they take it things that they introduce suits that become available hint hint uh that kind of changes your power set this game is 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 nothing short of incredible it does have a few bugs um, which anything this big is going to have those things. They can always patch them out. Um, it was nothing that broke the game for me. I ran into maybe one thing, but I've seen a couple of other examples that are kind of ridiculous. Um, but my attitude is that those things are bound to happen. And there is nothing in my mind that can take away the emotional output of the story for this character. It does feel... Like maybe it was a little unbalanced um, about two thirds of the way through. But like I said, they kind of double back to more of the Peter stuff and they do manage to pull both characters into this world and give them full stories to tell. Um, Might be a little bit disjointed since you're jumping from one character to the next. And certainly when you're like at the height of the story, but then the game wants to give you a little bit of a break from the action by dumping you into the city and telling you that you can go and wrap up some side quests if you want. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden, Peter's kind of like talking nice with everyone while he's also, you know, corrupted by the Venom suit. So it's a little unbalanced in that way, but nothing that breaks the the world for me. Uh, I can't say enough good things about this game the flow of combat um tugging of the heartstrings on multiple occasions that i got uh, a little misty-eyed while we were doing this we didn't just start the lightning rounds we're at least through mine update him tell him that <laughs> um, sorry <laughs> it's fantastic yeah i could i could see what you're typing it's coming up in my little window down here i know i'm on to you um I loved it. Like I said, I'm going to finish it and then I'm going to move on to Alan Wake 2. Um, but honestly, that game ate up the vast majority of my week. So that's what I read uh, and a couple of other things that are on other people's lists. Uh, and the last thing that I want to mention really quick, I think I'll save for later if I remember to do it. Because I want to get a few more video game fans in the room to uh, to talk about that thing in particular. Um, let's see if I remember. Probably won't. <laughs> um, so that's me. Two things. That's a damn. I'm here. Oh, no. Hey. Oh, shit. Way to ruin my thunder, Joseph. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a lightning round, John. <laughs> um, Steve, they are called Battle Beasts. Yes. And Iron Man is awesome. It's it's been such a fun reboot. Um, you know, I, I like I like the down on his luck Tony, but yeah, the art could be better. The art's a From little time to time. It, it, it fits until it doesn't. 
if well, it tries if it tries to it tries to do a little bit too much, it gets a little uh gets a little messy. We've had such good artists on the past few Iron Man books that it feels like kind of phoning it in because it's a really good story, but it's not David Marquez or Alex Maleev or some of these high caliber artists that they had. Yeah, but I think that Cantwell also suffered from kind of generic sure. Marvel House style Iron Man 2. You're right. I mean, Fraction had LaRocca for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you said David Marquez was with Bendis, right? And then Malib was on the Doom Iron Man book. Right, right, right. Yeah. This, what was it, Superior Iron Man or something? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. They're really um, tapping into that superior angle. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I also really like the Invincible Iron Man book. And I think anywhere, anywhere Emma Frost is, I'm there. I love oh. that relationship. I'm a diehard Emma Frost fan. I she... love how they got engaged. she's so fantastic in this book i love that she clarifies that one of the reasons that she dresses the way she does is to be underestimated to have the upper hand Mm -hmm. in uh in situations involving weak men (laughs) just like oh yeah that's canon Mm -hmm. that comes up often that's (laughs) but it's good to be reminded of it back when she was wearing that uh new x-men outfit made by morrison and frank yeah, quitley when yeah. it was just the sides <laughs> it was just like yeah yeah, yeah. it was, was like the, two the, the x, it was two white hands just yeah. cupping the x the x was her skin yeah. and the, <laughs> somehow maddie Pryor like, only has the top of a shirt yeah. and the, yeah and then and then uh yeah and then emma got the bottom of the shirt <laughs> ah the 90s in the early uh, 2000s oh no that's a damn Aaron's, oh, Aaron's here. here too. Bam, bam. Wow. We're getting the band back together. I was like, you bitches just gonna act like I'm not here. Is that what's happening? Is that how it's the same thing to me? I had to say Shazadam to, to activate my powers. See? I, I guess so. Nega bands. You need some nega bands, Joey. Mm. What did he call me? I'm sorry, never mind. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Whoa. Wow. Uh, it's not spelled that way, Aaron. Yeah. Aaron's been saying <laughs> I've been sitting on that since I was convinced that the the mega bands were going to be in uh, <laughs> the movie. I, I like that he overpronounced it. The <laughs> mega Do you mean bands. the mega bands? Mega. Um, <laughs> Listen, I just heard a giant crash upstairs, so I'm going to dip out for a second. Joey, could you take over and run a lightning All right. round for me? Who's next? <laughs> Who went first? But wait, what I want to talk about Invincible party? Iron Man. No, I'm kidding. Go oh, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead, Aaron. Tell us how you go feel ahead, about the Queen. No, the like queen. Aaron's Invincible Iron Man. Go. <laughs> yes, Invincible <laughs> Iron Man. That's the shit. I'm trying to tell you. Um, I just gave it towards the end of what you guys were talking about and that relationship with Emma and Tony. And I'm just here to say I was right. Um, is there anyone was else? Right. <laughs> I was right. Did anyone else get that that Avengers vibe that I was talking about? Avengers, Steven Peel was a yeah. reference. I was talking uh, about. Yeah, yeah, so definitely. I, I love it. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm excited about it. I'm going to continue to. Read. Oh, oh, Bob has thoughts and feelings. I, I heard a hmm. Well, well, uh, if you're talking now, the real Avengers, yeah, you've got you have my interest. Considering that's where all this Hellfire yeah. Club comes from. Yeah, mm-hmm. I gotta so, say yeah. though that that vibe doesn't come in until the second arc. It yeah. takes a while. Okay. It takes yeah. for a while for them okay. to build up. Their, I think their, we talked about their... it last month, but the first arc really continues 
Cantwell. The, the Cantwell run of Tony kind of spending all of his money to buy all the weapons and then segues into the Fei Long. Is that his name? Fei yeah. Long. The, the red dude or whatever. <laughs> um, the evil but, Elon Musk. Yeah, evil, evil Elon Musk. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Isn't that, isn't that an oxymoron or something? Whoa. That yeah. Whoa. We're going to be on X now. We're going to be on X now, Bob. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're going to get axed out of society. Um, but but it is fun. It is fun. And I um I I just think that it how do I put this? When Captain America was like, I'm gonna buy this building because Tony's gonna give me money for it in Captain America number one, I was like, yeah. What money? <laughs> like the whole thing. Yeah. Anyway, well, is he broke, broke, or is he being broke. fronted by by fist? Billionaires can never go broke. We've learned yeah. this. But is he he's, being a he's a he's a millionaire now, not a billionaire. Yeah, he's he's a thousandaire. He's riding on his name, kind of like mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne was Somebody with the Batman know. thing. Yeah, he got credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. he's got yeah. credit. He's got cultural he's a, capital. Is he an influencer um, now? Sure, Bruce Wayne on TikTok. I can I can imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> you're the Batusi on TikTok. Um, so did Steve just go, or did did either of Steve you go? Is, Steve, 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 let us off. Okay. Yes. So then, uh, uh, Bob, you're next. Okie dokie. So lots of quick hitters, and I get no lightning. That's okay. I don't mind. Guys, a damn. Too late. Too late. Too late. Damn. Too late. So. My Little Pony, Camp Big Cook Number 4 by Stephanie Cook, Kate Sharon, Reggie Graham, Anil Uatake. It has songs, magic, and s'mores, plus a Big Hoof sighting, perhaps. Da, da, da. And just all the way through, just been simply delightful. I, look, I'm not, a, I'm not a pony bro, but I'm loving what, we, what we're doing here. So you, you can come from the outside the way Stephanie did or Whitley some while back and, and have some fun. Speaking of delightful, it's Jeff. The Jeff Burst by Kelly Thompson and Guri Hero Team was that certainly. You got a phalanx of Marvel heroes, villains, and their significant others like Tippy Toe engaging in all sorts of shenanigans. And if, like me, you don't do the Marvel Infinite Unlimited, whatever the heck it is, digital stuff, here's your way to actually read about everyone's favorite baby land shark. So there you go. And I still want a plush... Jeff, that I can actually buy in a store. I have a lovely one that my friend Julia crocheted for me, but I want a real one. Next up, Birds of Prey number three, also by Kelly Thompson, Leonardo Romero, Jordi Belair, and Clayton Cowles. Just in case, spoiler alert, Harley's plan to get past Themyscira's Megalodon defenses by riding inside one, mm-hmm. well, that worked like a charm. And as she says, cross that puppy right off your bucket list. Now, rest of the plan was going well to right up until, nope, nope, I'm not spoiling this. Too many wonderful surprises. All I will say is that three out of three so far, absolutely great issues in this run. Poison Ivy number 16, G. Willow Wilson, Marcio Takara, Arif Prianto, and Asmani Elahu. Look, this is a highlight in an already spectacular series. Here... Ivy's actions earlier in the run where she was spreading Lamia spores to cleanse the earth, those seeds have come to fruition, shall we say, as this issue focuses on the time between then and now, 
with a smaller but very, very deep story about one of her victims. So you've been loving Poison Ivy the way I have. You, you keep going. Just keep going. A new number one, White Widow number one, Sarah Gailey, Alessandro, Mila Cola, Matt Miller, and Travis Lanham. It finds Yelena making a new start in the small town of Idlehaven so as, quote, to live a normal life far enough from New York that I don't have Avengers putting their boots up on my couch, but close enough to keep an eye on things. I found that Sarah Gailey really captured Florence Pugh's voice very nicely from the shows and the movies, and lots and lots of quirky touches and behavior that really brought us into Elena's head without seeming like an info dump. Got some nice twists and turns, a really great setup for next time, and that made this a great buy. If you were hesitant and you, like, trust me, which you probably shouldn't, but you should try this anyway. Here we go. I'm a little unhappy about Scarlet Witch number 10 by Steve Orlando, Sarah Pacelli, uh, Frank William, and Corey Pettit. Not because of any issues with the, well, the issue, but that it's the last issue in this run to, re to be replaced next year by the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Now, that's going to be by the same team, so that, that's great news. I just loved all the dynamics in this, particularly the Wanda Darcy stuff. And here that we have all these long running threads and they do wrap up in this one. So that's that's also good a good thing. But come on, Marvel. I mean, uh, another one for my curse, I suppose. I, I once again have doomed a book I really like and a lot of other people did. Finally, it's a Halloween-y thing. Thanks to a great find by Menachem up at Escape Pod Comics. I picked up the... Original graphic novel, Vlad the Impaler, by Sid Jacobson and Ernie Cologne from 2009. We get the, in quotes, true story of the man who was Dracula, told in an easily digestible way through, it's the classic superhero art style, although there is gore aplenty. Uh, I just got to say, like he is the Impaler, right? So still, it's a lot of fun, even with all those impalings. I've read a lot about Vlad, and I learned some new stuff. Now, here's the thing. Obviously, no one was there in the 1400s to take down the dialogue. So who knows? It's extrapolation. But this was really well done. So if you're a, if you're a fan of Vlad the Impaler as I am, you need to pick this one up. And that's <laughs> it for me. <laughs> hey, he's a big hero in Romania. He saved him from the yeah. Turks, you know? You're, yep, yep. Big yep, fan. Big he fan. perfected big the impaling. Fan. Yes, he did. He could move it through your rectum, through your oh, throat. Okay, all right, all right, right okay. boys. He did. It's a kid oh, show. He did. It's a kid oh, show. It's a kid this show. Is not a kid um, show, Joseph. Speaking of, speaking of Vlad the Impaler, Bob, did you <laughs> get a chance to check out James Tynan and Martin Simmons' um, Dracula number one? No. Is that a couple weeks ago? Recent? Yeah, no. I think it was the it week before Halloween. Image released it. It was like a Universal Monsters Dracula number one Ooh. by the team that did. Department of Truth, so James Tynan and nice. Martin Simmons. So aesthetically, okay. it is some some grotesque stuff. Um, I read a, I read a few pages of it on PDF, and I was like, I got to get a hard copy, and I haven't been able to get to to Midtown to get one. But um, it looks like a really great okay. adaptation of that. And if you I'm like that, next year at this time, I'll be receiving my Matt Wagner written and Kelly Jones drawing of Dracula Volume One. Oh. Oh. They, kick, they kick started it. It might still be on Kickstarter. 
but it popped Incredible. up into my feed and I can't wait to see Kelly Jones's uh depiction of Dracula. Yeah. So that'd be awesome. See, uh, this goes way back to like 1971. Uh, they, they wrote a uh, man, Radu Florescu wrote a book about Vlad the Impaler. And mm-hmm. I knew nothing that we never heard these stories. And it had the, the, the woodcuts from the 1400s. And some of them were made to make Vlad look bad. <laughs> Ridiculous when you think about it. And they told these stories because he was a monster. And then you go back as it talk in the book that Stoker was in you know, the, the British Museum and found these same woodcuts and changed his character's name to Dracula. Mm-hmm. Based on these legends, because Vlad Dracul, his Vlad's dad, and he was Vlad Dracula, the son of the dragon. Wow, this get this getting to some deep stuff, and this is really well done. Again, this is this is from way back. It's kind of out of print. There are some bad copies, used copies online, mm. but apparently uh, Menachem from an Escape Pod made a deal with Ernie Cologne to buy up stock he had. So he's got tons of these sort of things. So uh, you can actually buy them, I guess, from Menachem online. It's Escape Pod Comics in Huntington. You can find them online. But this is a really cool book for the holidays. And um, it is gruesome, needless to say. But, you know, he is Vlad the Impaler. For the holidays? For Christmas? No, nope, <laughs> yes. we're not, igno- we're not acknowledging get, Christmas I'm, yet. Yeah. We're not, Thanks, we're not for Thanksgiving? But I, I have already bought one as, as a gift for someone. So there you go. Halloween, We're still giving Steve this week. We're giving Steve this week for Halloween. Oh, I see. Because I, I started to talk Turducken, and he wasn't having it. Oh no! Shut us! Shut us down completely! Shut us down completely! So we're giving <laughs> this week to Steve for Halloween. So no talk happening. of any other holidays. Steve, did you read White Widow number one? I did read White Widow number one. It was my Ooh. favorite thing that I read this week. Nice. I was... really, really, really dig uh, Sarah Gailey as a creator and this was perfection i love when a character is so like well established meaning that like florence Pugh depicting the character in black widow and in hawkeye i could hear her coming off of the pages absolutely in this book it was like sarah had watched those shows over and over and over again to get the voice just absolutely perfect even like the the diction of the character fit yeah uh and i like the story too and oh my god the the action sequences were fantastic it was reminiscent of uh some of the stuff that elena casagrande did in the black widow series oh absolutely yeah uh it was great from like beginning to end i'm really excited to go on to the next couple of issues it's what like four yeah, that's all is, and, and I'm completely in. Loved, loved, and that that's a that's a pun of its own. I loved her whiteboards, love like neutral, yes. and the fact that her dog is named Bint Clarton. <laughs> it's like okay, let's just go for it. Uh, Too just funny. if you loved what Kelly Thompson did with Hawkeye, you're gonna love White Widow. Absolutely. Um, I've got a Joey. You're still in charge. I've got to deal with this cat. She is being extra obnoxious tonight. I will be right nice. back. Well, yeah, John, nice. Well, John, you're John, you're up. All right, here we go. I remember how to do these things. Um, 
I'll start with Amazing Spider-Man number 32 to 35. Uh, Zeb Wells writer and Patrick Gleason on art. This I did not know this was coming, but this these arc is a spiritual sequel to Craven's Last Hunt, which is wow. an absolute incredible classic Spidey story yeah. from 1987 by JMD oh. Mateus and Mike Zeke, which I did go back and read just because of um of, of this arc. So Craven the Hunter and the Goblin Queen have conspired post-coitus that Norman oh, Osborn's <laughs> that Norman Osborn's sins need to be returned to him so Craven can have a worthy hunt. Uh, if you know, been reading the Spider-Man books, uh, uh, basically Norman purged all of his sins, putting them into a tip of a spear, of course, because it's comics. And he's been leading a very nice life. He's started his own tech company. He's brought Peter on board and given Peter a life when Peter had a lot of things going wrong for him. Well, the Goblin Queen has that spear. And as they hunt Norman, it instead gets uh, lodged into Peter's back. He obtains all the sins of the Goblin and it pushes him over the edge. It also pushes him back into that beautiful black costume of his. And he goes out and um, he first he buries Craven with his father's gun, which I should say at this point in time, I now I have now figured out that apparently this is not the original Craven. This is the <laughs> son of Craven, who was a mutant, and that's why he was on Krakoa during X Force during that really bad oh. arc of theirs. Um, but the gun in the well, see in in Craven's last hunt, uh, Spider Man gets buried for two weeks because he's yeah. Put under and um at the end of the the craven's last hunt sorry spoilers for something that came out almost yeah. 30 years ago uh over almost 40 years now uh craven shoots himself in the head because he feels he has no more worthy hunts in front of him uh and so craven is dealing with being buried alive with that gun and he could put himself out of his misery or he could uh claw his way out of it um then peter goes after mj and her I don't know if it's her husband or it's her boyfriend. It's the guy she hooked up with in the alternate reality and just <laughs> forgot about Peter. Um, and then obviously Norman comes into it. It's it's it was a really cool arc. It was a dark story. It was I love the callbacks to uh Craven's Last Hunt. I I have no desire to see the Craven movie, but uh if they do more <laughs> Craven stories like this, I'm I'm in I'm in favor of it. Uh and then the next thing I read, Batman, Catwoman, Gotham War, Scorched Ooh. Earth, number one. I want to hear about this one. <laughs> I doubt there's a number two. I don't know why they do this at the end of an arc. It just call it Scorched Earth and don't do the number one. Um, Chip Zdarsky and Teeny Howard are the writers. Mike Hawthorne and Niccolo Sismizigia. I, this name is I can't. It's C I Z M E S I J A with a ton of umblots over it. So yeah, come on, yeah. Okay, uh, so the Gotham Smith. War, which uh, which uh, basically had pitted Batman against not only Catwoman but his entire Bat family, as basically for this entire event, Batman's been the bad guy. Uh, yeah. Um, but, but it's devolved into. Stop Vandal Savage, everybody's favorite immortal Neanderthal, who is trying to bring a new meteor to Gotham 
because the effects of the meteor that he encountered a million years ago are starting to wear off. And so he has <coughs> co-opted the entire uh, cat burglar, um, all the cat burglars that Catwoman trained. His daughter has joined him. Scandal Savage. Great naming. Yes. Um, Batman uh, basically chemically neutered Red Hood and made him afraid of everything so that he can't be the Red Hood anymore and kill people. But he does get a great moment in here. Uh, there's a very weird dynamic between Batman and the Bat family and Catwoman. And then there's a really cool cliffhanger that sets up the next um, Zdarsky, Jorge Jimenez arc that, that starts this week. Um, as one of the cat burglars went after a certain billionaire and found out things that he probably shouldn't know. Um, Simon Stagg? Yes, of course. And Metamorpho <laughs> is going to show up and save the day. Uh, I... I enjoyed this. It was it was uh, it went in a different direction than I thought it was was going to. But uh, you got Zdarsky and Teeny Howard telling a great story. You've had some really lovely art on it, uh, and it was short and sweet. It was only six issues, um, and and if you wanted the Red Hood story, you could get the two min two issue miniseries of that. If you didn't read it, you didn't miss anything. So, and I am done. <laughs> See, I think I read the Alpha issue and, and then was buying whatever Catwoman issues were still in the midst yeah. of this, and I was getting nothing out of any of it. Yeah, you needed the Batman issues; those were gorgeous. Yeah, uh, yeah. but now that's it's a lot to... of Batman issues, though. I can't, yeah. I can't do that. There's only two. That's ten dollars in this day and age, isn't it? Mm, buying maybe invisible. eight. I think it's still three ninety nine. They're holding the line at three ninety nine. Hold the line. It's for three ninety nine. Marvel is Marvel's holding the line at nine ninety nine. Nine ninety nine. Yeah. Is Spider Man still twice a twice a month? Three times a month? Oh yeah, it comes out like every other week. It's Jeez, crazy. It's crazy. It's Zeb Wells is writing. He's like locked in some room and just writing nonstop. <laughs> but it's got a good oh, art. I mean, uh, Patrick Gleason's incredible. They got Ed McGinnis yeah. on it a lot. Um, and then John Romita Jr. is the main artist. Oof. Well, classic JR, JR Spider Man. It's the only thing I like that he does. I don't like him on anything else except Spider Man. It's mm -hmm. weird. Just wait till Gang War hits the streets. Cause, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, that's next. Yeah, yep. yeah, we, we... yeah, we saw some pictures. And... Anywho. Just what we need. Just what we need in, in <laughs> downtown Manhattan. Oh. Gang War. It's like the Gang War starting the Flintstones. Anyway. <laughs> meet the meet the <laughs> gangsta wacky family hammer gangsta stone oh boy i would my. i might i it, 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 if they did that in the way they did some of those dc ones right with with snagglepuss and whatever i yeah i would go with a flintstones gang war Barney's exactly. moving in on Fred's turf. <laughs> exactly. They're, uh, they're all trying to get, you know, get the... Pebbles, uh, you're not marrying Bam Bam. You're not marrying the son of mine. Yeah. It's like a whole... Right, they're right. they're, they're going to take over the quarry. Mr. Yeah. Uh, what was the guy's name that ran the quarry? Why am I... Mr. Slate. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Slate. Yes. Yeah. yeah, they're moving in on Mr. Slate. They're giving him protection money or whatever. <laughs> yeah, good. Wilma has a dark secret in her past, and Betty helped her cover <laughs> up a murder. There we go. 
I feel right like Rebels has an OnlyFans. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Imagine Fred Flintstone storming Town Hall wearing the water buffalo gear, just like that dude that yes. got arrested on well, January at the 6th. Capitol. Right. Oh, yeah. It could definitely could definitely be that. He's the QAnon water them. buffalo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, water the little aliens telling him that this election was stolen. If only QAnon water buffalo wasn't gonna get us in trouble for an episode title. Kazooanon. Kazooanon. Oh, Kazoo. Yeah. Great Kazoo. Yeah, but then Kazoo could just end the war. Like, all no, that's only... too simple. That's too simple. Yeah, that's no, just, Kazoo yeah. can't be there. You can't write in a character that can fix everything. That's poor writing. Just... Right, Mark Miller? Oh. Do another Jetsons <laughs> crossover. <laughs> They'll already know how it ends. Yeah. They're invading right. the so, future. Would Bam Bam be the Sonny Corleone in this situation? <laughs> Joey, save us. What's going on? Do He's I get to go around? I got. I got, I can talk a little bit. It'll, it'll be a segue. Go for it. I got nothing written down. So here's what here's what I did this past week. Um, I read X Men twenty eight, and uh, it was talk fine. about it. No, I I genuinely don't remember. Uh, wow. I genuinely don't remember a beat from Firestar. it. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. It opens with some crazy Sunfire stuff that I put in the chat. I was like, is this happening anywhere else? And John was like, nope. And I looked wow. it up, and the Sunfire bit of him going X-Men off. X-Men read into... a little bit. X-Men read a little bit. And yeah. back to X-Men number nine, when he yeah. went off into other. Uh, yeah. yeah to, to, with, it was with the guy to live on Mars. Just... Yeah. Was, it so was why, the... Isn't it why he left the X-Men? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. went to, yes. So so there's a cold open there and then a bunch of Firestar stuff. And I don't remember it. I genuinely don't. And this is my issue. Okay. Juggernaut with his head beaten in. Yeah, he got a big chunk taken out of somebody took a bite out of his his helmet. Um, my issue with the X-Men mainline book, which is I look, we're not knocking Jerry Duggan here because we were just talking about how great Iron Man is. Um X-Men. 20 is it 28 yeah for me and x-men 27 and x-men 26 they've fallen into this kind of like vignette mode where they're t- mm-hmm. there's so many threads there's so many threads and for me i talked about this last week um where i read so many fall of x books and i really only enjoyed gene gray kind of and dark x-men kind of um it's just become so disparate and it's been hard to kind of find the pieces that I find interesting. It's like they're using that book to tell the entire story. Yes. They're using that book to like touch on everything. Mm -hmm. Okay. And my, I, the book that I kind of miss is immortal X-Men. Cause that's where like, you know, uh, himbo charles xavier's running around in his tight shirt and a beard and 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 and, you know and and we got some sinister stuff going on there and all the mutants are in the desert so there i feel like we're getting a very clear storyline with this one because there's like four or five pieces it's really hard to follow there's a panel in here where someone's just like oh you're gonna go on that mission take ms marvel with you and i'm like what why she's uh-huh. at she's at empire state doing whatever the hell she is over there she just happens to be like sitting oh, in the back Kitty. of this panel yeah. yeah 
Yeah. So it's, it's just like, like it's like they're letting Gillen tell his story mm-hmm. and they're making Jerry cover up everything else that's happening in the yeah. act, the fall of X so that they can get to the powers of 10 right. and the fall of the house of X and all of the other fall of X books with the exception of maybe Ms. Marvel is telling its own thing off yeah. in the corner, separate from that main story. And this is what I was talking about last week that I feel, I feel like all of these fall of X books that they're really just, you know, getting you to buy 10 books really mm-hmm. in one week last week. They're um, isolated miniseries. They're not yeah, connected. Yeah. They're barely connected. Which is Realm again, of X is all about Saturnine, for God's sakes. I know. Also fights in Canada. I mean I'm not doing that one. And again, the it's, premise, it's actually the good. Off, it's but, fine, yeah. but it's not attached. It's not connected. So anyway, that was the one book I read last week. I caught up on a bunch of stuff that um Bob would be happy about. I, I read all <laughs> of the first volume of Rainbow Rowell's She-Hulk. It was awesome, Ooh. really fantastic. Uh, I read another book that you would be happy about, Bob. I can't remember which one it was. Um, anyway, drafts on horseback salad. (laughs) Yeah, drafts on horseback salad. Throw throwback there. Uh, (laughs) my name is Monsters or whatever it is. What I what I what is what was that one? My favorite thing is my favorite thing is Monsters. Um, the big thing I did this past week though was I watched Loki episode five like three times because it ruled. Um, yeah, we'll talk about yeah. that in a minute. And uh, I watched Captain Marvel again, and I watched Ms. Marvel yes. in one day, just like one to six. Uh-huh. Watched the whole thing, and to hype me up for for this week's um movie, which I'm already confirmed to be double featuring on Thursday. I got my three o'clock ticket and my nine o'clock ticket ready to go. Um, Captain Marvel. I I will always remember seeing Captain Marvel in the theater at like 5.30 on Thursday, you know, and the second the credits rolled, I took out my phone and I booked the ticket for 11 o'clock. And that was the first time in my whole life I'd ever done something like that, just like spontaneously double feature the movie. And watching it again here, a few things stood out to me. One is that First of all, I don't think Pinar Toprak gets enough credit for the score. My favorite, my favorite that score movie. of any of the Marvel movies. Yeah, yes. that score is so cool. Like, it is this, like, cool space opera. Honestly, like, some of the intervals, if you listen to the synth, like, the space synth in, like, her main theme, it's almost like the Star Trek interval. Uh, which I think is obviously intentional. Like it has this kind of like very space exploration sci-fi vibe to it. And John will be happy to know that, that Toprak also did the score to the Paw Patrol movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but no, but, but it's all seriousness. I, 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 I really do love the score to that, but beyond uh, 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 aside from that, the thing that really got me about this movie watching it again that first hour is still so weird and like and i mean that in like the best way it is so jarring everything about that first hour like this character veers on this planet and and you can tell like she, she she's like confused as to her place here and then she meets the scrolls and 
and and everything's kind of unsettled and then everything just like lands on when at, she lands when she lands yes, yes. When not yes and when she lands at blockbuster yes that's when you things start to fall into place but then when when you get that like Bowden and Fleck like independent drama it's, scene yes. on at the house on the porch at the house where Carol sure. realizes she's Carol and and says I don't know who I am and Maria Rambo like you are Carol no. breaks my heart and from that there there is a shift at that moment and that movie just flips and it is such it is made different and this is the thing that like i think is why i went back to see it seven times the first time i saw it more than i I think i beat you but it's close i'm sure you did i saw it more than any other marvel film from the infinity saga including avengers one which was i saw six times it's made different it looks different it is written differently the pacing of it is different it's kind of, it brings me back and of course it look it's not on the level of like a mad max fury road like of course like george miller is a master at his craft but if you remember with that movie he had his wife edit it i don't know if you remember this like he he had his wife edit mad max fury road because he didn't want it to look like other action films right and i think I think there's something to be said about Captain Marvel in the context of all of those other MCU films from the first saga that like it it's paced differently, it's edited differently, the the tone of it, the shifts in it are so different that I just I just kept me going back for more and I'm so happy to see that that is still there when I watched it this time. Um Annette Benning rules. The little girl that plays Monica, little Monica is so good. Mm-hmm. Sam Jackson is having great. Seeing Ben Mendelsohn in his first go as Talos is so incredible. They did that guy as opposed dirty. to what would happen later. Yeah. I know it is. It is atrocious what they did with everything that they set up um, in Secret Invasion. Yeah, ah. yeah. It's that's a real bummer. It's a real bummer. But. But this movie, it really, it's such a joy and so different. It, it just, again, has me really hyped for what Nia DaCosta, who is in her own right, such a compelling young <laughs> filmmaker yeah. is going to do with, with the Marvels as well. And then I watched, and then I watched the Mar- uh, Ms. Marvel and same thing like that, the visual styling on that, you know, Iman Vellani, the whole cast is is really great. There's some moments that I just find so funny and charming still. Um, and Steve, Steve will back me up here, but it, it's definitely Atlanta and not Jersey City. But, <laughs> it, you know, <laughs> like the streets are too wide and there's too many big open fields and parking lots. Uh, when they when they have the big confrontation in front of Cole's Academy, which is on the corner for me, the school that it's based on. I'm like, there's no parking lot there. The buses literally like do drive bys to pick up kids like there's nowhere for them to pull in. But anyway, like I just I think that the Marvels not keep saying the Marvels. Ms. Marvel did such an incredible job introducing that character and introducing that that whole cast to to fans. Um it's it's a bummer to me that I think a lot of people are going to go into the Marvels not necessarily having watched the whole series. Although they did air it on ABC um a, a few days in the summer so maybe a, a more people watched it but i think that she's such an incredible character and that crew in particular 
uh, Bisha K. Ali, uh, the whole, all the showrunners on it, on that did such a wonderful job caring for the source material. And it really comes out in, in the show. Um, that episode five, when the first yes. like 30 minutes is like with in, no Kamala whatsoever, with no Kamala whatsoever, still, just her great grandparents, so these two Pakistani actors just like being so charming. It is such, but this is what I mean. And it's the same thing with Captain Marvel. Like that is a, that there are, that is a bold choice, right. To do that. And that it lands is so impressive that, that then you watch something like secret invasion that takes like no risks yeah. and you're like, what the hell? Um, but again, I, I just, I'm really excited for the Marvels because I think the characters are so compelling and I think that it's going to be, if anything, a really dynamic, different movie than the rest. Yeah. Is it going to be good? Who knows? Yeah. We'll see it on Thursday. But at least I think, I genuinely think it's going to be different. And I like that about it. That's what That's I, what I want. Right. When I saw who was going to direct Captain Marvel and went back and looked at Mississippi Grind and Half Nelson, I said, okay, these are in Bowden and Fleck, you have people making movies about flawed characters who have good in them, but rash choices in cases. Mm -hmm. And okay, that's Carol in so many ways. And that we had, you know, Kelly Sudakonic consulting on all this sort of stuff. And they picked the right actress. I mean, Brie Larson's just incredible and having just won the Oscar for Room, which if you haven't seen that, I mean, you have your heart ripped out of your chest. And the movie is, as opposed to every Marvel movie, it's told backwards. We don't yeah. get to see her origin right away. That happens 80 minutes into the yeah, picture. It's so, it's so weird. And I love that about it. It's so different. Yeah. It's so, it's so, it, it, Yeah. I, I've watched it in, in the theater, I think, 10 times. I, I, I yeah. blew off watching the Hellboy remake to watch <laughs> Captain Marvel with friends who were sitting at the bar with Nikki and I. Yeah. And and I can't tell them because I watched it in, in part or in whole at home. It is my second favorite of the Marvel movies, and it might actually end up being the first. Yeah, you know, I remember because Endgame had come out and Captain Marvel was still in the theaters. And I saw Endgame, I think, twice, two or three times, because mm -hmm. like obviously such a it's an event, and I saw it with a bunch of different groups of people. But then my my roommate and I, like the the following weekend or like two weekends later, we're like, oh, you want to go see a movie? And we we're like, yeah. And we get there, and we're like, you know what? Let's go see Captain Marvel again. Like it, it was <laughs> just a movie that I just kept going back to, and you know, I I, I there's it's frustrating sometimes because because of the the reaction to it from certain corners of the internet of course um but but i think that for for other people that aren't fans of it i think it's because i think it's because it doesn't necessarily fit the the i don't want to say formula necessarily because i don't think the mcu is as formulaic as people claim no. but it doesn't fit their kind of expectations of what those kind of movies are and they kind of dismiss it because of that. And I honestly, I feel the same way about Thor number one, which again is also not, not a very popular opinion either, but obviously I Bob, you and I too. share, yes. um, but there's something, there's something just like different about it that, that I think makes it really, really special. 
Um, so yeah, well, I don't know. Well, you, it, it, there are a lot of people complaining about the performance because they just look. It, it, part of it is, most of it is, from those quarters you're talking about, that we have a female lead. My God, you know that that 53 of the world isn't isn't female. But all right, whatever. If you if you get a chance to watch the movie with the commentary from uh, Anna Bowden, Ryan Flack, and they're talking about the subtle nature of what Brie Larson's performance is, there are moments yeah. where she is she's standing looking at these pictures in the in the archives, right at Project Pegasus. There's her her eyes are welling up with tears. There's something yeah. going on way beyond. I can do something giant. No, I'm doing yeah. something subtle. I'm doing an actor thing here, and it it's a killer. She's on the phone with Jan Rog a little bit later, doing the same thing. Yeah, and th th they talk about the scene where uh, she's confronting the, the supreme intelligence. Yes, yes, yes. And, and describes, um, my name is Carol. Yes, and there's a tear rolling down her cheek, and that was take one. And the directors had no idea she was going to do that, and just well, went, we we don't have, we don't have to do anymore. That's yeah. If that's you get a chance, brilliant. If you get a chance to watch the the M powered documentary shorts that they did during Women's History Month last year, I think they talk about that scene. And the editor, who's a woman, right, is mm -hmm. talking about that scene. And, and three and female is, writers, and yeah, and, and it's is... talking about how in the editing room. There was producer pushback to be like, she shouldn't be crying. That's her big hero moment. And she had to fight to keep wow. that as the take, right? And that is such a powerful moment for her, right? To to like, I'm getting like for Clark talking about it over here, you know, yes. like to 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 finally be vulnerable, right? And um in in who she is. And I think that like and and that is also true for what Iman Vellani and Kamal as Kamala Khan is able to do in Absolutely. in 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 uh you know episodes you know five and six of uh, on the roof with their dad show. please yes. please yeah, absolutely it it just it really it's 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 such a great corner of the universe and I'm excited for the movie who knows what's going to happen? I don't care. I, I'm going to be there I, yeah. two, three, maybe four times this weekend, and I'll watch it as many times as, as I can. So, I'm seeing it Thursday at 3 o'clock with Eisner Award winner Professor Carolyn Coca. Mm -hmm. Dr. Carolyn Coca. Dr. Carolyn Coca. Dr. Just Professor. Before, just, just before we go to our book club, and I will probably see it again Friday and probably Saturday morning if I have time. Yeah. Yeah, I so. think it's going to be great. I don't care if it doesn't make any money but mine and yours, Joey and Carolyn's. But it, I think <laughs> it's going to be different and interesting. And for those people who want the Batman or some other Batman movie or some by the numbers Marvel movie, and what? there are some of those, not as many it's, as, but I'm in. I it's how want I it to felt be about. That's how we felt about Birds of Prey. You know, like yes, exactly. That movie, did respectively at the box office sure and respectively with critics too but like i freaking loved it and i saw it like two three times because it was amazing yeah. and was it perfect no but i i just had so much fun at it because it was different and it was it was such a entertaining unique take on these characters so I got a really anyway, good Steve, egg sandwich recipe from that movie hell yeah anyway steve that's my way of lobbing up the segue for you <laughs>
the, se- the segue to the thing that we'll probably the... do after Aaron talks about his books. I mean, it's like I'm not even here. Oh, I didn't know Aaron was doing a lightning round this week. <laughs> Sainted love, Aaron, go. Jesus. <laughs> Hold on a second. We've got another uh, another voice in the house. Mr. Tim has joined us. You can unmute yourself. It's cool. Okay. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Hi, Tim. Hello, Hi, Tim. Tim. How y'all doing? Pretty good, man. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks. I sorry, I I don't want to interrupt lightning rounds if they're no, happening. no, no. It's all good. We've had a lot of drop-ins tonight. It's been fun and unpredictable. Love it. <laughs> uh Aaron's gonna get to his stuff and then we might double back around to uh topic of conversation and then we'll uh we'll talk to you a little bit. I I whipped up a little interview for you. Jeez, I'm nervous. You should be. <sighs> uh Aaron, take it away. <laughs> So first of all, I feel attacked because Bob made the implication that only him and Joey are going to go see Captain Marvel. I, I just bought my day. Friday tickets. Thank you very so, much. I just want to put that out there. I, that didn't go unnoticed. Uh, anyway, so didn't have a lot of time to do a lot of stuff this weekend, but I did read some other things. None of them really rose to the surface of, of me wanting to really talk about him that much. Um, I watched a movie that I'm going to watch again before I talk about the two of them on the show. I'll talk about the first one a little bit. Um, that is, and it's on Max, it's, uh, Justice League and Ruby. Um, so if you're familiar with Ruby, the, the I guess it's kind of not really an anime, but kind of sort of. Um, Probably. Kind of sort of. It's, it's an animated series. Um, there was a, a crossover. Uh, between the two of them and it's a two-parter so i watched the part one is on uh, max and i watched it because i wasn't really sure what to expect i have watched several seasons of ruby i think i've watched maybe like five or six uh seasons of ruby i went on this binge a while back but i haven't jumped back in because i think at the time that was all that was available on rooster teeth um uh, and you know i'm always the guy that's watching all the animated series for justice league wasn't quite sure how to take this but after sort of getting into it you you understand a little bit more about what the objective is here, especially when you see a little bit of part two. So essentially you have um, this movie starts with the Justice League um, waking up in Remnant, not really knowing exactly who they are. They know kind of who they are, but not really having a full memory uh, of their past. And also they're all teenagers. Um, and also they're, they're, I don't know what you want to call it, their power set is augmented by, you know, the fact that they're in Remnant. Uh, and in Remnant, if you're not familiar with Ruby, your the manifestation of your soul, essentially, uh, is what your power ends up being. Um, so essentially, the Justice League sort of has, um, they're sort of impacted by that. In this instance, Batman actually has wings. Uh, and it's, it's, it's an interesting story. Essentially, they're trying to figure out why it is they can't remember who they are or, or exactly everything about how they got there, rather. Um, hooking up with the the Ruby team and, you know, the extended team, um, fighting the Grim, understanding, you know, eventually coming to understand exactly how they ended up there and then figuring out how they need to get back home. I'm not going to spoil a lot of it because there is a connection to what's going to, what's happening in part two. I started part two, I haven't watched it all, but my point is with this movie, I think it's fun. I think it's a, you know, a diversification again of those characters in, the, in, in that type of in that animated medium. Um, it's interesting because you do get to take on the Justice League as teenagers um, and having them walk through what I thought was interesting, having them walk through um, what their 
adolescence, the differences between their adolescence. And in particular, and this is what made me think of Bob, uh, by the way, this part made me think of Bob. Um, there is a conversation where uh, Diana and two members of the Ruby team are having a conversation because the Ruby team are all teenagers who are in this space where they are basically tasked with saving the world. And so they really haven't had an opportunity to be kids uh, because they've been on this mission. Diana sort of, you know, related to that. And there was this very touching conversation between the two of them, uh, the three of them rather, about how that has impacted them and how similar they are. But you get to see these characters going through teenage years uh, and sort of how that manifests itself in them being open about, you know, their, their issues. They may seem a little bit less capable uh, being a little bit more open about what their, you know, what their struggles are, because, you know, teenagers like to babble on about their emotions and stuff. So, you know, this is what is happening. Um, so, you know, but it was fun. It was fun to watch. Uh, uh, and you expect it. Now, again, I have seen part of part two. I have to go back and watch it again. I will say the one thing that I can that I can say from and even a little bit of part one, the one thing I could say is the voice acting the voice casting, I think, worked well when these characters, these Justice League characters, were teenagers. I should say the Justice League characters that are there. The Trinity, obviously. Vixen, uh, Green Lantern, uh, Jessica Cruz, The Flash, and Cyborg. Um, it worked well when they were teenagers. The problem is <laughs> when they finally age back up to adults, they have similar voices. <laughs> and I'm like, eh... Vixen still sounds 14. So I'm not really sure what that was all about. But it's an interesting watch. It's an interesting anime style for just to see characters. Interesting costume changes and sort of look and feel for those characters. So it's free on, well, it's on Mac. So um, check it out. Uh, just thought I'd throw that in there. Wasn't really expecting to, but I thought I'd throw that in there because it popped in my head. Um, what I did read, because Steve reminded me of it, uh, I had already purchased it, but I hadn't gotten around to reading it. Um was Sainted Love Number yeah. Two by Steve Orlando. So basically, this <laughs> book should be on Pornhub because, <laughs> because there's a lot of penis and a lot of ass and a lot of merging of the two. Um, so I'm just going to... Why? Did you enjoy the six-page orgy? Ooh. Wow, there was a lot going on. Now, get back to a little bit of the story. So you have John and Mac who are, <laughs> yeah, not too, I know, I should probably story. catch you up. Uh, from yeah. part one, uh, you have, oh, nope, not for kids, not for kids. Nope, nope. <laughs> I will not participate. Sorry. She's no. gone. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, you have John and Mac who are uh, gay lovers that were, I think, initially in 1907, obviously dealing with what you're going to deal with as, as you know, homosexuality is very much illegal in that time period and struggling to figure it out. Now I should say that Mac is a genius uh, and has invented a time machine. And he, because the, the jig was up, you do. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, because the jig was up and the police were closing in on them. Um, his only route of escape was through this time machine. And he ends up 50 years in the future. Uh, John uh, follows him after a little bit of a scuffle um, but because he follows him a few minutes later, he arrives a year later. Um, and in that year, uh, Mac has basically built this amazing hotel sort of hidden in a sliver of time 
that caters to the gays of 1957. Um, Still, still very much illegal, but not you know, much better. Yeah, I was going to say still very much illegal, but you know, whatevs. Um, but advances have been made; things are happening. Um, but again, they find themselves in a similar situation where I'm, I'm really fast forwarding through. Um, they get back together. They have a lot of sex, a lot of sex, a lot of sex. You have the police once again trying to hammer down. Uh, you know, on them and sort of break down the, I know, I know, I heard it when I said it, uh, but <laughs> trying to to sort of shut down this oasis uh, for, for gays in 1957. And, you know, John arrives to sort of save the day uh, with Mac, again, after having sex multiple times. Um, uh, and they try, and, and they find themselves in a very similar situation where they have to sort of escape the police but they take a different approach this time uh where they decide they're going to take a, a larger stance here basically because what they've learned in their sort of battle with the police a sort of scuffle uh that sort of escalated with the police is that this isn't an isolated thing but rather there's these this organization called pilgrims that uh exist through uh time and space well i'm just gonna say time um it's hinted at space but i don't know but whatever uh that are basically out to sort of shut down the gay movement from every perspective. Um, and so now this is a, a, they've taken on this mission of trying to figure out where this, how far this extends, where it goes, what it does uh, for them, how they can sort of combat it. Um, and they decide they're going to through a, a, a variety of story points that are made that I'm going to gloss over. They're going to jump through time to sort of get there this mission is one that you know is is basically to protect the line of gays you know through history now there is and there's a scene at the end that sort of you expect them to go in one direction and it actually goes in another direction but i think it's going to really tell the story uh it's going to add to the story the sort of fun to the story um what i think however was what sticks with me the most of this issue is that there is a very poignant conversation between John and Mac uh, because their last time together in 1907, they were arguing and then all hell broke loose. They had to escape. Um, but there was a purpose. There was a reason they were arguing. And that reason was John experiencing and experimenting with his bisexuality um, and uh, Mac sort of being a, a full fledged gay and, uh, having some issues with it because you know especially in the 50s we didn't really no one really bisexuality wasn't a thing meaning no one believed it was real they just believed bisexuality was the coward's way of you know not admitting they were gay um we know more now we know we know better now um and we know the author that's a topic that's very near and dear to the author's heart so I definitely felt as I was reading that section that there were things that were being that that, that the other that Steve was bearing his heart in the soul a little bit, you know, with that story, because it was a very, very good conversation and a very sort of deep, well thought out conversation about the emotions that go along with realizing that you're bisexual and what that looks like and living in two different worlds. And does that create the, a sense of anxiety and whatever partner you're with that they're never going to be enough and how that plays out? Do you have to take on that burden of making them feel better and explaining it to them? Or do you just, do they just trust you when you say that I love you and I'm going to be with you? So I think this book has multiple layers. 
um, that I didn't expect. Once again, this was a large issue, 51 pages. Um, mm-hmm. So just like the first one. Um, but I'm I'm enjoying it. Like I said, it 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 took a turn. It's pivoted a couple of times. Um, and I think it's going to tell a, a, a larger story that's going to be very entertaining to read in one chunk. So I would highly recommend it. And that is my lightning round. Shut it down. Now, who is publishing Sainted Love at this point? Vault. Vault Comics. So a trade we would think in the future? Yeah. Remember that remember that table that we were at, Bob, that I kept saying I was going to come back oh, to? Oh, yes. Uh, yes. By, that by we never your, got back to. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, 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 no. The one that's by, um, that was by your video guy um, that I talked the to. The guy I couldn't find. Yes. 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 That table. That's, that's their, them? that was their booth. Okay. Yeah. So this is for those of you who don't know what we're talking about. We're talking about NOICC references. So there you go. Hmm. But I mean, Steve Orlando is one of our favorites around here. Obviously, mm-hmm. he is. The, and in in the indie world, we're free of the constraints of of where you have to go with with intellectual properties. Mm-hmm. He is so amazing at, as he you say, thrives. the perfect word is is, bear, is bearing his heart. Mm-hmm. And it sounds here as if it's touching so many bases for so many people. This uh, this sounds amazing. Uh, I'm really glad you you and Steve are bringing this one up. This is awesome. So much sex, though. So <laughs> well, there's much that, sex. but you know, real real life has that too, kind of. Oh, I'm not and complaining. It's uh, sensual, yeah. though. Like it's not like it's sleazy or anything. Oh, there's thirty men bent over in a pool. <laughs> Yeah, but they all got smiles on their faces. That's what makes it. One of them's popping some champagne in a very suggestive way. I love it. Listen, Listen, I'm not complaining about it. I'm just, I'm just saying it's there. I've said it on the show before, and I'll say it again. I am a sucker for a cleverly placed word bubble, and this there's like ten of them. There's more than that. There's a lot more than that. Um. I love where this is going. I'm really glad that you turned me on to this series. It's a lot of fun. I love the relationship that's at the core of this book. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love kind of where we end up at the end of this issue and kind of, and like I don't want to say what it is, but the new mission statement yeah. is very very mm-hmm. cool and being like oh my god, what would you even call it? Like cro- like chrononauts. Yes. For for gay liberation is just so awesome. There's a lot happening. I right. love it. And I love it. Like there's there's real conversations happening in this too. Like there's lots of drama going on. There's a uh, you know, two-thirds of the way through the book, there's an argument. Some really like some very real things are laid down. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to hear kind of from all sides of this situation and reality being checked. And you know what? What do we do after this to help ourselves and to help to help our community? And the mission just gets bigger. The responsibility gets bigger. The stakes are, are bigger. Um, it's going places, and it's it's really cool. I really enjoyed that. I'm so glad that you had time to to read this before you came on because I read it last night and I was like, oh my god, I need to talk to Aaron about this. It was not a direction I thought this was going, but it it's one that I'm glad that they went in. It so had I, one of those like saga uh, first pagers where I opened it up and it was like, "Whoa, okay." It's it's there is a lot happening right a in lot there. Happening. Oh yes. So, 
so we're in 57. Where do you think they're heading next? Well, we know where they're heading. Well, we know. Next. Yeah, they, we know. They, they, they went there. Okay. So I don't, for, I don't know. For next I don't issue, wanna... we know where we, I mean, is it timey-wimey back and forth or we're just linear? It's not linear. to future. Okay. It's, it's not, it's not linear. Um, it's, uh, you know, sometimes you want to nip it in the bud. Watch you, <laughs> watch your mouth there, Chief. <laughs> <laughs> just want to nip it in. I'm going to give a warning before you check the chat. Prepare yourselves. Okay. Oh, no. Now, I, also, oh, no. Because the, the, the rather clever pun of a title, I have that song in my head. Both by Soft Cell and the original Gloria Jones from back in the 60s. Just saying. Nice. So, so you know. <laughs> Joey's face. No. Joey's face no. says it all. There you go. Well, we not everyone yeah. has video. That was the one that, that I hope you're, that you the put Justice, in there. On the Justice League front, isn't there a book doing this Justice League? Yes. And, yes, and there is. Mar- it's Marguerite, Marguerite Bennett, right? I think. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, 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 I see the book when it's coming out all the time, but I never actually pick it up because I don't know how I feel. I didn't know at the time how I'd feel about those it's almost like when you see Batman and Scooby Doo, I was just like, "What? Yeah, what? Yeah. I don't know how I, I feel about that." But actually, seeing it on Max, that's where I took the chance. And everyone here knows that I'm. If I see a, a DC Comics animated something or other, I'm I'm a sucker, and I'm just going to pick it up and watch it anyway. So that's kind of how I ended up there. But I enjoyed it. Awesome. I'm giving everyone an opportunity to recover from the what's, <laughs> what's in the chat. Is there the John? I don't think John. I, John just, needs I a just drink. always I I love when we post oh. these things in the chat and the people who aren't here are like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> I said I I said something for the Instagram for for you, Aaron, in the chat. Go ahead. Um, oh gosh. All right, let's let's. Move on. Yes. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad that the Ruby and Justice League uh, entries uh, have turned out to be cool. That's. Uh, yeah. I'm always glad to hear when the 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 DC is doing good animation. I like there. it. I like it. I like that they're 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 breaking up the 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 process over there. That it's not all. It's not the DC animated house style anymore. It's sort of. It's got everything is a little bit different. So yeah, let's see what happens. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, I think we're gonna we're gonna pivot out of our lightning rounds, and we're gonna try to get Tim involved in the conversation here. Yeah. Uh, we have a topic to hit up. I think before we talk to you about your uh, about your book and your Kickstarter, there, Tim. A um, couple of things happened in the news this week. So Marvel dropped their Echo trailer. Uh, and it was something else. It is quite brutal in in just about every way that I can imagine. I was really kind of shocked because I didn't hear anything about the level of ultra violence that is happening in this show. And I just very casually watched the trailer and Kingpin just starts turning this guy's face in a hamburger. And I'm like, whoa, OK, we're going for it. And by the end, I was like, there's no way. Uh, yeah, you have to activate the TVMA settings on your Disney Plus to watch it on the website or oh. on the streamer. So this is going to be a mature rated series. 
Uh, and alongside the reveal of this trailer, Marvel also announced a new initiative that they're instituting called Marvel Spotlight. And what Marvel Spotlight is going to be is basically films and television projects that are kind of outside of the main continuity of the MCU stuff that can be more inclusive to a broader audience. You don't need to know, you know, three television yeah. series and six movies in order yeah. to enjoy this thing that we're, we're making. Um, so I believe echo falls under this category, uh, probably the new daredevil, whenever that happens, whatever that ends up being, they've kind of gone back to the drawing board on that, mm-hmm. uh, that, will likely be under this label and so it kind of begs the question like what else could they who what other characters could they put under this label and what would you want to see well, well that's our listener question uh, Ms. DaCosta of the Marvels was saying she even had to sort of navigate what do people need to know to watch this yeah and she sort of came upon the idea that well since a lot of people may not have watched Ms. Marvel and that these characters in her own movie don't know her either, that could kind of work as a plot point and have everyone discover things at the same time. Right. Moving forward, uh, I think it's a neat idea in that we comic book people are used to I have to go back and read 47 issues of something to catch up to this and so on. The regular movie audience may be growing tired of how many movies are we into the MCU at this point? 30? 33. Give or take? Yeah. Um, That they're all connected, made for the greatest franchise in its own way in movie history, in terms of box office success and a lot of other things. Have we reached a point where now there's some people who are they were really young in 2008 when Robert Downey Jr. played Iron Man that may not have caught up. I think it's a neat idea. So are we diving right into our listener question or host question, Steve? Steve's, Steve's gone I? away. Uh, Steve's gone I, I, away. I think, I, I, think it's a, I think it's a bunch of nonsense, this Marvel Spotlight thing. Uh, okay. Because the first thing that they're doing is a character who was in Hawkeye. So you kind of need to kind of know that a little bit, I think. That's but, true. But I, I just think that it's a really kind of neat label in the same way they did the, like the Marvel special presentation thing. I think okay. the idea, well, we'll yeah, it's being marketed and, and being like in the headlines as like Marvel MCU Disney is, is going to pu- start putting on this label on things so that people know that they don't have to watch other things to watch it, which I don't think is completely... Um, honest <laughs> honest because again yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, these characters they're not doing these aren't like one shots about about non-affiliated characters that are never going to show up again right like these are right if they do the silver surfer he's going to show up in an f you know movie. what i mean right. like yeah, yeah, yeah. i think it's going to be like marvel spotlight wonder man if they end up doing that 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 yeah yeah mm-hmm. one right like the the um, Wonder Man thing will be a, a Marvel spotlight, and then he might show up someplace else. Or if they had had this label a year and a half ago, Moon Knight probably would have been Marvel spotlight. You know what I mean? Yeah. So 
again, it's hard to imagine that these are going to be like, ah, we're going to tell these like isolated ground level stories that are just going to kind of exist on their own little corner and never be used again. Because again, this is IP and they want to use this IP whenever and wherever they want but as often as let's they can. Let's say one of these isolated series is a huge hit. They won't use yeah. this character again in a movie. Yeah, exactly. I get it. Like yeah. was Ms. Marvel marvel would ms marvel have been marvel spotlight it was a character that had been introduced nowhere before and was new and you didn't really need to have any connection to other things yeah. to really know it right like other than the marvel universe existed so again i think it's just a, a new kind of label that they're creating i'm sure the fanfare is going to be great um i'm very excited for echo you know i'm sure yes. they'll be using marvel spotlight to introduce people characters like the white tiger and you know um the 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 freaking um john snow character uh the black knight yeah you know i'm sure they'll be doing that and and once once the x-men are are part of it too it's just gonna be a, a vehicle to kind of to point out like here's a new character or here's a new corner that will be will be sparking here and and who knows maybe they'll come up someplace else right um I don't know. I'm excited for Echo. It's going to rule. I love that character so much. Tim, have you had the chance to check this trailer out? Yes, and it made me very excited. I was <laughs> I, I was more lukewarm heading into that, being like, her. I mean, her character was really cool in Hawkeye. Um, I've just kind of fallen off, fallen out of love <laughs> with all of the MCU stuff. Um, but seeing the more violent darker take that they took with this trailer immediately got me uh more excited especially from a wilson fisk standpoint because personally i loved the character in the netflix run so much and i was concerned when they brought him in to the hawkeye show that it was going to be a more mcu friendly uh more family friendly take which is pretty brutal in hawkeye yeah which I, again, yeah, yeah he, he was pretty brutal in Hawkeye, but that was my concern going in was like, oh, are they going to take all the juice out of Vincent D'Onofrio's performance, which <laughs> they didn't think goodness. Kingpin. <laughs> yeah. But like seeing this trailer, I was like, oh, okay. They're, they're going, they're going back to form, which then also made me excited for, for the daredevil born again show. So uh, personally, I think this, it, it, for me, this got me more excited for future stuff um but i do agree with joey that i think a lot of it is fancy marketing of i mean if they're really going to do the spotlight thing and it was going to be stuff like you would get oh hey guess what we're going to do a marvel spotlight show and we're going to do an iron man one shot show with somebody else playing iron man yeah like that's how you do it to really kind of do the one shot spotlight thing and there's i think less than half a percent chance they ever do that yeah that'd be so cool though it would like, be the best again, he never has best. to come out of the suit just do like a silent episode of just hit like an iron man suit flying around blowing shit up <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah, yeah i think that's what it, that, i mean that's what it was if you will go back to the comic from the 70s or 80s it was like these like a classic like you know, here's this adventure with this character, not necessarily go with what's going on in their normal storyline or whatever their main book, but here's this character that we have and we're going to do it, you know? Yeah. And then um, when it got really popular, then they would be like, Oh, people yeah. like this character. 
Okay, we'll give them their own title and then well, with it. Iron Fist started in Marvel Spotlight. Yeah, Astro yeah, Kung yeah. Fu started in Marvel Spotlight. The Spider-Man. 3D Man didn't catch on. The 3D uh, Man. Roy Thomas, the 3D Man. Yeah. Yeah, the Human Fly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Son of Satan. Things. Son of Satan. Mm-hmm. Damien Hellstrom. Yes. I, I do like I do like that character. I wish they would do, do more with Son of Satan. That would be a killer. That would be a killer, um, a killer Marvel, Marvel Spotlight, Spotlight episode. Yeah. I mean, here's the other thing. I would love if Marvel Spotlight in in true fashion here was a place where like, all right, the first season of Marvel Spotlight is Echo. We're releasing all the episodes on the same day. We're now doing the second series of Marvel Spotlight has kind of like a what's that Netflix show? Love, Sex and Robots, Death, Sex and Robots. Oh, like sex, that. Love and Robots. So good. Yes. If something like that where it's like Kind of like how what if is this like animated thing, but yes. remove the what if thing. Like you just have like six episodes a season, and sometimes they're all one character, sometimes they're different characters, sometimes they're just a series of one shots, and you just play. You get you bring on cool people to do episodes. Werewolf by Night would have been a classic Marvel Spotlight thing, you know. And that's yeah. what I mean. Like the Marvel Spotlight thing feels like an extension of the special presentation thing that they tried to do, but then couldn't produce enough material to like make a thing of. Um, now, it feels like they're testing things, and if they catch on, then they'll use them. If it doesn't that's really catch cool on, if they do it though, right? Yeah, but I mean, that's I, what yeah. they should be doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's replacing the you know, I don't know for those of you who are old enough to remember the idea of the backdoor pilot, mm-hmm. you know, the, the very special yes. episode of you know, mm-hmm. of All in the Family leading to the Jeffersons or the right. you or know, you, Laverne, <laughs> Laverne and Shirley yeah. on Happy Days, right? Mm-hmm. The episode of the farm on The Office where Dwight inherits the farm and then it didn't get picked up. Yep, there you have it. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, it's sort of an opportunity to, yeah. it would be great for it to be an opportunity but, to sort of test that stuff out and see what the audience's reaction was. And then it becomes a, a less risky undertaking, which, and, but, you know, yeah. but it, you get two things for one. The flip side of all of this, though, is that this isn't like on TV, it's on a streaming thing. So, like, what are how do you gauge audience response how do you gauge like oh wow like you know this marvel spotlight show was streamed so much that we should make a movie out of it like it's not a thing and i just the other thing about it too is if this is the truth right that it's going to be kind of a backdoor pilot situation or a way for them to exercise other ip like i get it like marvel spotlight you can watch these without having watched other pieces of the mcu so here's a show about 3D man. Like that's not. Like, <laughs> I'd like, be there not, in a heartbeat. I know, I'd Bob. I know, and honestly, I would too. You know, but like it's it's like there's something kind of like disingenuous about this idea of like it's gonna be a space for you know these ground level lesser known characters, and they're not gonna be. You don't need to watch other MCU things to really understand understand these stories. And then at the same time, make it about characters that people want, like make it a a, a springboard launching pad for characters that they're going to use in, in the other things. Um, but because we've, we've heard Ms. Marvel was exactly that. Absolutely. So it, can, it can be done if they do it well. Yes. And that's the whole key to it. Yeah, I don't know. It, I, until like Echo as Marvel Spotlight feels like a way for them to be like, please watch Echo. 
until we know what Marvel Spotlight looks like after Echo, I don't really know what okay. it is. Right, yeah, you, know you get what to I mean? see the second second shot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it reminds me a lot of the Netflix stuff, right? Because like they had the MCU going and then it was like, okay, tune into Netflix. Here's the Daredevil show. And they, they kind of mentioned the MCU, but they don't. And then they realize like, oh, people really did like some of that until we get to Iron Fist. Um, <laughs> so with She-Hulk, let's throw Charlie Cox in yeah, and bring him over. And then like, so it's the same, same kind of thing. But yeah, it's, I don't know. MCU is in a weird state for me. <laughs> what the dirt sheets say. It's weird. Um. We have a, we actually have a question related to this story uh, floating around in the old outline here. It says, you're in charge of assigning three characters to the Marvel Spotlight label. Uh, who in Marvel's roster could carry a series or film outside the MCU continuity? So I'll go first. Uh, Tim, if you want to take a couple of minutes to think about this, I'll uh, I'll call on you a little bit down the line. But uh, let me see. For me, I wrote down, I would love to see, even though this is a continuation of someone who was introduced in Werewolf by Night, I would love more from Elsa Bloodstone. I oh, think, absolutely. Yeah, I think absolutely. that would be like a, a monster of the week episode type uh, structure. Do something really cool Cold with that character. Check the Night Stalker, but with Elsa Bloodstone. Yeah, but like, mm-hmm. and, if, and especially being on a more mature label, you could do lots with that. You could have her her go after some kind of like masked maniac killer for an episode and like a monster from another dimension on the next. And then, you know, vampires go after some cryptids. You could do all sorts of stuff. Yeah, it could be it could be awesome. So I think Elsa Bloodstone would be a good candidate uh, for this. Uh, And this is basically just taking Marvel at their word of the press release that they said that this thing is supposed Mm -hmm. to be. Um, whether or not they really know what they're doing is another question. Uh, I would love a Viv Vision series. Oh, yeah. Some point down the road, you could tie that in loosely, of course, to the uh, Wanda and Vision stuff. Uh, I don't know how you'd skirt around some of that stuff, but they could write around it or just or make I mean, a couple there is, there is talk that Viv is involved in Vision Quest if they ever do go that route. Yeah, what happened to that? That, that wasn't almost that. done or they Fumble filmed list. it or something no they didn't they didn't start filming that no great movie matthew modine oh, <laughs> awesome <laughs> gonna take on shoot yeah he's gotta make that weight um <laughs> and the finest wrestling movies ever made hey you show suburban commando some respect this is this is not wrestling this is wrestling, wrestling. Okay, uh, my final uh, candidate for this is a is a twofer, uh, and of course you would need the Fantastic Four movie either coming out soon or directly after. Do a Valeria and Franklin Richards series? Ooh. Yeah, I'm in. Obviously, yeah. Do bastard. like like spy kids <laughs> with the Richards or something. It yeah. would be awesome. Get get, get Robbie uh, get Robbie Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah. Robbie Rodriguez. Rodriguez. <laughs> <laughs> bring him in to, into the marvel universe have him do valeria and franklin richards is awful you know bring the ff into it get the, get the whole team together and go and oh, go and God. do all kinds of fun what adventures. were their names junie and uh what was the what was uh junie and carmen oh i can't remember their names so. yeah 
Oh, it's Spy Kids? I don't know. Lava Boy and Shark Girl. I know that's not them. That's a, that's a whole different thing. <laughs> um. Anyway, those are my answers for something that uh, uh characters that I would like to see. Bob, do you have some answers for this? Yeah, well, Elsa was on my list because just for all the reasons you you mentioned, uh, John's going to love this. I I'd love to see the invaders. Cap oh, yeah. and the android Human Torch and Namor. Since they've all they're all in the MCU, we kind of seen mm -hmm. them, but do that to the side. Would love to see that. I'd love to see Disney rectify their mistake and bring me some Squirrel Girl goodness. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think of that. That'd be awesome. Gotta see that. And I'm I'm gonna go for four. I know I'm breaking the rules. I want Howard the Duck, private detective. I'd be Gotta very surprised if that. they don't do something with him but down the road. He's out there somewhere. Seth Green will come back. They yeah, should well, just do like a uh, like a noir uh, mystery yeah, murder exactly. mystery thing with him, like hard boiled gumshoe type stuff. And then finally, Joey, this one's for you. I want Poca. I <sighs> want me some Patsy Walker Hellcat, and she can pal around with Howard and with with She Hulk. And just have some fun. All the backstory about being a model and, and all the stuff from the 40s. Carve out your own little spot there. And that, that would be that would be golden for me. That's it. I'm done. Awesome. Ever get divorced from Damien? Have it have Yes, because we can bring Damien into Damien that too. too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh John, what's uh did you pick some for this? Yeah, I I figured since they're doing Blade and they already have Werewolf by Night, let's just do Tomb of Dracula. Uh, oh. I don't know if they have the rights to that or if it's public domain, but if you could I just go back and domain. do the whole thing at this point. Yeah. yeah. Um, Please, you think might... Nicolas Cage could be Renfield in the Renfield movie if, if Dracula wasn't public no. domain? <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. That's true, true. Um, I figured somebody might as well do a good Justice League movie, so let's make a Squadron Supreme movie. Um, <laughs> taking and then shots I, today <laughs> yeah and then I, I figured they could yeah. do like a, um a kazar jungle land or, or savage land um technology dinosaurs and dinosaurs throw a little shana yep. in there just you know for eye candy um uh but you know make it make it all classy love but it no, yeah no just do something weird and wild like that i took this more as a no one's seen these characters before and who could do that. So yeah, that's where I'm at, but I don't three think any of this is going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But I love all three. I'm, I'm making all three of those right there. Sweet. Uh, Aaron, how about you? Did we lose him? Where'd he go? No, I forgot my mute button was on. I'm here. <laughs> so. He's buying so. shoes. <laughs> uh, I bought shoes earlier. Um, so a couple of things. I'm kind of adjacent to one that's, which is why I call him a bastard, to one that Steve had out there, but not quite in the same. He said uh, Valeria and Franklin. I said Nikki and Joe uh, because ooh, I think ooh. that would be fun to see their see their story. Um, I don't know if I would want it to be the, post them being saved or maybe the story that leads up to them ending up in, you know in, right in the <laughs> casino and fighting and all the rest of it exactly yeah. so i think that'll be yeah. interesting staying in that same space similar i would love to see mark way's invisible woman uh 
oh. made into a series. That was awesome. The uh, that book was stuff. awesome. Yeah, yes. that was awesome. And it's literally just Sue Storm being a super spy, uh, while it. <laughs> while no one else in the family knows that she's actually going off to do these things in the background, <laughs> yeah. um, which is awesome. Um, and then lastly, because I keep saying it until it actually happens, Wicked and Hopeling. Ooh. Mm. That would be it. Love it. Love Bite it. me. Also <laughs> three for three. Oh, I, I think I think we've made a lot of good shows here so far. I'm just saying. Uh, Tim, do you have, have you come up with anything? Yeah, I... I a lot of the ones squirrel girl was at the top of my list. So uh, Bob was on, on top of that one, similar to the Elsa bloodstone one too. I, I just think a, a werewolf by night with, uh, it was a Jack and man thing. I think yeah. having them yeah. do a, yeah. a monster of the week show would be a lot of fun. I also think um, to keep in that kind of dark occult, a night stalker show. I know blades coming in, but blade and Frank Drake and Hannibal king doing the mm-hmm. deep dark demonic stuff i just i'm a big ron garney fan and recently just reread all those night stalker books and i'm like it's just 90s hilarity yeah. um and i think that would be uh a lot of fun Absolutely. um i wish they could do ghost rider properly but do midnight. <laughs> that would be I, nice. I, I was gonna say ghost rider yeah you do do midnight suns in midnight suns yeah, yeah. Do a 1970s right. Ghost Rider set in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Phantom Rider. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mentioned Son of Satan earlier. That would be hilarious too, but I mm-hmm. don't think that would ever happen. Uh, and then one real Dark Horse one. For, I mean, we're going to see this character eventually, but basically this is just my backdoor way of having someone do a a really good television version of uh, Doctor Doom, The Triumph and Torment. Uh, where he has to go to <laughs> hell with Doctor Strange hell, yeah. to save his mom's soul. I just, I love that book. So, I, and no one ever does anything with uh, with villains. So let's just give me a Doctor Doom centric show. Mm-hmm. I think that would be pretty uh, rad. On oh my God. The board. That is one of the great graphic novels of all oh, time. That is so amazing. Good. You guys, yeah. do Doctor Doom like the West Wing when he's running Latveria. I'm saying, do it. Like, yeah. <laughs> With yeah. Aaron Sorkin writing it. Yeah. 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 And, 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 and just anytime, walking down the castle talking and yeah. talking stuff. Yep. And anytime, like, something like, you know, super heroic, like, big battle happens, like, he jumps off screen and then you're just left yeah. with, like, his aides just, like, walking in the hallway, be like, ah, oh, crap, we got to deal with this anyway. And it's just happening like, in, like, this, explosions this, in the window. <laughs> and 13 year old Kristoff is running around trying to find the armor to go. Yeah, this could be great. He's got, like, a crisis. Crisis counselor every time he tries to overthrow the world and they're like oh we got to deal with this now uh, <laughs> yeah. that would be funny if it that was would be like, fun if it was like kind of like a gotham central thing where like dr doom isn't even in it it's just yeah. all of the people in the castle that would be hilarious should we be joining the european union do we do we transition to euros <laughs> but like but like all of the all of the promos for it are just like really Doctor Doom centric. They're like yeah. all of like the only five yeah. minutes of the whole series that have Doctor sure, right, Doom in yes. it. So people just tune in expecting it, and they're just waiting, and it's just procedural just the whole time. <laughs> Love it. Be really awesome. Uh, one last quick one would be hilarious. That would never happen. But give me a, a one episode of uh, Hank Johnson, Agent of Hydra. <laughs> yeah, I love that book. Yeah, just a bunch of Hydra agents just getting murked by superheroes but then like having to go into the office the next day and all that stuff would be hilarious what about like like an an aim workplace comedy yeah there you go 
<laughs> the, the office of the, the beekeeper yeah. outfits. Yeah. That, that would Archer. be real good. Uh, Joey, you got yeah, anything for this? Like Archer. It um, could be like Archer. Joey, go. Uh, a lot of them have been said. Ghost Rider, <laughs> Poca, Squirrel Girl. I was going to say Amadeus Cho would be great. Yes. Um, I'd love to watch like the old version of Amadeus Joe when it was just him on the scooter with his little robot buddy and they were just yep. like running around doing science and then of course he could become the totally awesome Hulk by the end Um, it's hard because a lot of the interesting characters that I think would work for this Sony still owns you know like I'd love to see Silk um, oh, Aranya you know, like I'd love to see some of those Great. like lower level <laughs> spider those... characters. Um, you could do a Prowler show; would be great. Didn't but I see a story where they Sony said uh, Sony characters right, are going to be mean, made in canon? A... Yeah, uh, and 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 I'd love to have Power Man and Iron Fist. You know, like oh, yeah. it'd just be so good. You got to do it right, though. You know, um, which first season of Luke Cage did pretty well. Um, Iron Fist was tough. Daughters of the Dragon, of course. Yes. But that's the thing. Like, it's really just them being like, hey, we're going to do these, like, essentially, it's like, oh, yeah, Marvel Spotlight, a.k.a. Marvel Max from 1999. Like, we're just doing, like, all these, like, street-level heroes, okay. street-level stories. Okay. M.A., you know, like, kind of, like, it's a, it's a continuity you recognize, but it doesn't have the baggage of the storyline on top of it. Because, again... Like, if you read the press release, it doesn't say, like, these are out of continuity stories. It just says that, like, you don't have to you don't have to have watched the other things or be aware of the multiverse saga or the infinity saga to enjoy this piece of media, which, quite frankly, you can all of them anyway. But again, it's just it's just a label. So Marvel Max. <laughs> we can do Marvel Knights zombie Frank Castle. That's what I meant. Marvel yeah, Knights. Yeah, not Marvel yeah, Max. yeah. Marvel Max is where he just had random nudity for no reason. Yeah, Marvel Max was <laughs> alias. Chuck yeah. Austin took over Marvel Max. Oh God! <laughs> well, there's there's a weird Marvel Max series that like you can't the war, find the anywhere. War Machine. Remember the War Machine? The yeah, black there's and white also, War Machine. There's a Marvel Max Shang Chi out there somewhere. Uh-huh. There is. <laughs> anyway, that's jazz. All right, that is. I love it all. Yeah, and I think I think we've gauged everybody's uh, hype level for the Marvels. I think we're all very excited to go and check it out this nope, weekend. Just Joey and Bob. Just Joey Apparently, and Bob. So, yes, that's the takeaway wow. from this week's episode. <laughs> yeah, you guys really stepped in it this week. Yeah. All right. Yep. Don't mind Tim. us. Tim. Tim. Yeah. It's time. Are you ready? Oh. Are you ready to talk about yourself? No, but let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Um, so, sir, you have your this is your first uh, comic book project, first Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. First, first, all that stuff. I'm a, I'm a music music guy, <laughs> music guy and like to talk pop culture. And this is just a fun little outlet. But uh, it has been a project a long time coming. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to find out what the origin is to it. But first. Uh, the name of the project is Frog Bucket, a bucket of frogs. Very literal. <laughs> very, very literal. Okay. Um, so how have I known you for roughly six years? Like in person, I've known you otherwise, but like I, I've known you for a while now. 
how did I not know that you're also an artist? Is there anything that you don't do? <laughs> That's very what? kind of you. Um, I, I, of course, that self-deprecating artist, I still think I'm quite amateur at the whole drawing thing. And this was just a fun thing. I, I you know what it is, is I think when I was in, when I was in elementary school and I had art class, I had an art teacher tell me that I was no good. Oh, and so I just spur to do the right thing. Yeah, right. So then I just and but I was told I was very good at music. So mm -hmm. I went hard into music and I never drew and really didn't do much art. And then my my darling wife, one time I was just in the car and I just doodled something and she was like, you can I didn't know you could draw. And I was like this. And she's like, no, you should draw more because that's actually really oh. good. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll just try and uh, picked it back up. And now I do it all the time. Amazing. Yeah. All right. Um, so, okay. Tell us, tell us about frog bucket. You <laughs> created this with Tanya. Yes. Yeah. So the, the origin story of this uh, goes back nine years because it was our honeymoon. Um, I have a family cottage just outside of Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. And so we uh, took our honeymoon up there. Uh, she's from Northern Ontario as well. So growing up, I would go to the cottage and when just her childhood, we did a lot of going to frog ponds and just catching frogs. And so we did that as a, a newly married couple. What a hilarious thing to do on your honeymoon. We went down to the frog pond and just filled a bucket full of frogs. And as we were... <clears throat> walking back to to my cottage with this we're just constantly doing really stupid stuff and we just made up this this song that just went frog bucket bucket of frogs and we were like wouldn't that be a hilarious like 90s animated cartoon show like the, the ninja turtles or thundercats or cops and then we just <laughs> cops cops Wait, the animated series <laughs> <laughs> with long arm bowser and blitz hilarious yeah um oh, and then man. we just had this hilarious idea of like man what would a television show be about a bucket of frogs and we just kind of like wrote this stupid little story and then it was and then it like it just kind of went from there because we were just walk around the house for years just singing See, frog, frog bucket, bucket bucket it sounds like the crossfire song yes Crossfire, yeah. you like, get caught up in the classic '90s TV. Yeah, um, and then uh, we would just like, I would just, I just couldn't let the idea go. And then eventually, it was you know, well, we're never going to make a cartoon, but I was like, something this needs to exist in the world. Uh, so then we just kind of developed this little story, and then I decided, you know what, I'm going to try making a comic book, and here we are. And how long have you been married? Nine years. So this is nine years in the making. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Why now? <laughs> so I, <laughs> I don't know. So I started. Like what pushed you over into the, the creative? Well, it was, I was really going pretty hard working on this in, I would say, 2018, 2019 was when I did the majority of the pencils and plotted all plotted it all out uh, and then 2020 we had our first kid and so all my time went away and then in uh 2022 we had a second kid 
so time really stopped. I stopped doing that, but I had done a lot of it, um, a lot of the work. And then um, I just gave myself the goal at the start of the year. We always do this thing about like, it's like a new year's resolution, but like, what are your goals for this year? And for this year, it was, I really want to push and get issue one of frog bucket completed. And so I just gave myself that goal at the start of the year and any free moment I got, or if it was a, you know what, I'm going to stay up until two in the morning today because <laughs> I got to do some inking on the iPad to get this page done. Cause I want to like, just want to push and get it done and get it done. Was that your, though those like what did you use to make the pages and to put everything together because i've actually read the first issue yeah so what did you what tools did you use to create what you have so that's a lot of stuff so i did i did pencils just on like the comic board sheets scanned those and then uh put them into clip studio paint on an ipad what size um, ipad do you have uh i don't know oh is it like the the big mother load? no you've got the same one that i have yeah oh my god bless your heart and patience jesus <laughs> yeah especially some of the animal stuff that i did took a long time oh my um, god that would make me so claustrophobic good on you well thank you <laughs> um so yeah clip studio paint and then the the cover which i mean there's a picture of it so i i also do like wood burning stuff i know so, another thing you were keeping from me yeah so the so the cover is actually I like drew it out pencils, but then I I created a, a nice big one burned version of the cover, and then scan that, and then that's going to be the cover is like a photo of the of like the wood burn piece. Nice. So, so I what's had, the... I had oh, crazy ideas of I'm going to make a comic book that's all wood burned, and I'm going to do <laughs> a wood burning of every single page, and then put those in, and then do the lettering over it, and then I was just like, that is an absolute insane undertaking yeah especially for your first comic book yeah. project it just takes so much time seriously uh so what is the i'm curious what is the working dynamic like between you and tanya like do you <laughs> do you hire a babysitter to have brainstorming sessions or cram sessions or <laughs> like what is the what's the split on the creative side if it's, there is one for for this one it was um anytime we, we would just talk in the car and stuff and kind of plot out little general ideas um and i actually the way that I, I put this together was a little bit weird so i i did plotted out all of the artwork first finished all of the artwork and then went through and wrote the script so i had like the general like mm. i knew the story and i was like okay this page is going to be this but when i was doing layouts was when i was kind of writing it in my mind so what I did was I did that, wrote a draft of the script, and then she went through it and edited it. My so Tanya's like a professional marketer writer. And so anytime I have to write anything, I always say I have to put it through the Tanya Chop filter. So this went through <laughs> Good this plan. went through various versions of that. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so you obviously both have a shared love of frogs. Did you have an existing love for frogs before the two of you met to go and catch frogs? Or was this something that was a kind of a learned thing from her? Kind of a kind of a learned thing. Like she, she there's a she said that when she was younger, she would just bring bring buckets of frogs into her house. And then in the middle of the night, like her dad would have to come in and be like, 
oh my god these frogs they're keeping us up because they're just screaming <laughs> like chirping in the house so then he would have to go and like empty her buckets of frogs in the middle of the night when she was like six <laughs> but uh yeah it was just kind of a it's a silly little idea but yeah going and catching frogs was something that we both loved doing as kids so tell us a little bit about the setup for this first issue and the characters that you introduce here yeah so the main the main character in the book is leo he is a, a leopard tree frog um so the issue one is kind of a an origin story of leo how he gets captured and put into the bucket uh, and then when he's in the bucket he meets um sidekick uh toad and then two gray tree frogs who are twins called ricket and cricket well as they should be yeah, yeah. as they should be in the original thought in the original story that we we was going to be a lot more fantastical and uh i had this hilarious thought of uh ricket only eats crickets and cricket has rickets which would be that's a, deep that is very but then deep. it would get but, really yeah. confusing and i was like how i don't really want to draw a frog with rickets uh <laughs> or figure that yeah, out with swollen joints and whatever yeah it's yeah, not could fun be awful, yeah. um so issue issue one is uh, is basically like Leo the 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 hero of the of the story. It's like his backstory. So a bit of his childhood, where he's from, um, trying to be a little bit educational about the ecosystems of northern Ontario as well, and the various yeah. flora and fauna that you. That's see. one of the things that I, I like most about the issue overall is like the little knowledge and tidbits and stuff. How it's it's got a little bit of an educational bent to yeah. it as you read it. Yeah, try to try to teach people about various weird facts about raccoons and uh, northern pike and you know blue herons and the like. All the enemies of the frog. Exactly. Do you feel a little strange knowing that you're the captor of the frog that you have been that enemy in the past? Does that, oh. does that keep you up at night? It sure does. It sure does. Aww. Especially when I hear them in my backyard sometimes. I'm like, oh no, they're they back. Know. They're coming for you. <laughs> they're no. Uh, we this, were... is my, this is my, uh, this is how I'm healing my soul is putting the story out there to try uh, and I was gonna ask heal that, that relationship. Okay. Yeah. This is your redemption arc. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Telling Leo's story. Yep. <laughs> I promise you, frogs, I'll do right by them. Confessional. You're in the booth. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So. What are your plans for the series beyond issue one? Are you there yet or are you still in the planning phase or do you have things done? I've got the, the layouts for issue two are completely done. And I've got a couple of the pages of like pencil art for issue two are, are already done. So I'm working through that whenever I find the time, the story's there for it's either going to be four or five issues. Um, I'm hoping for five, but it might end up being four. I don't really know. I'm trying to trying to figure out the the actual end right now on how it's going to all wrap up. But um, so that's that's the plan. I decided to go on Kickstarter because I mean, like Steve, you read it, and I've been talking to a few a few contacts in the comic book world that I know, and one of the recommendations was like you should get like a, a proper letterer. <laughs> to, to really kind of make the, the reading experience that much better. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's true. Um, so that's one of the things that I'm, you know, one of the main reasons why I went to Kickstarter is so that I can 
bring in some professional folks to really kind of kick it up a notch and then to, you know, help with the self-publishing right. costs and all that fun stuff, but definitely going to be hiring a proper letterer to help. How is your experience like getting involved with Kickstarter? Was it easy? Was it welcoming? Yeah, it was, it's a, it's a wonderful platform to, to set stuff up. Um, it, you know, it's pretty user-friendly. Um, you know, I'm now in that like marketing uh, marketing, getting the word out there. So again, thank you everybody for letting me come on to your yeah, of course. show and talk about this because I've just been bothering people on my Facebook for the most part and Instagram <laughs> and family of like, please help. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, you know, in, I, I was very, very shocked at the response from a lot of people like Steve, like yourself, a lot of people in my world didn't really know that this was something that I did. Um, but being able to hit 15% of my funding goal in the first three days, I was like, wow, that's wow. a lot better than I was anticipating <laughs> this to be. So, uh, so yeah. You just gotta, you gotta just press on the promo yep. stuff, you know, doing things like this will help. We'll certainly, we will link to the Kickstarter in the show notes. So if anybody wants to go and check this out, um, I'll even uh, tweet it out for us well, once thanks. this episode goes live. I'll do that tomorrow. Uh, I'll just write myself a post-it note so I remember. And uh, yeah, man, I, you know, I wish you nothing but the best with this. Thanks. Uh, I've got a fast five for you because we do this for everybody who comes on to the show. Gotta have it. And what? surprise, surprise, it's all frog related. So get ready. We love a theme. <laughs> who is the best frog out of this list of Ooh. famous frogs. We have Kermit the Frog, Frogger of video game fame, Genghis Frog of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles franchise, Throg of Marvel fame, or Michigan J. Frog, also known as the WB's Dancing Frog. Oh, God. Oh, goose. I, I can't, I'm not going to pick that one. Uh, <laughs> Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Oh, God. As much as I want to pick the Ninja Turtles frog, because when you said which of these famous frogs, I had forgotten his name, but my brain went to a picture of that. I, you got to go Kermit. Yeah. You got to go Kermit. Yeah. That is the correct answer. All right. Here's a quick one. Either you know it or you don't. What kind of frog was Jeremiah? Bullfrog. Oh my God, you got it. That's a good one. That's a good Hit me with the music. He made good wine. I've heard that. Why do you find wine? All right, ready? It's book release time. You and Tanya are throwing a frog themed party at your house. What is the dress code? Ooh, green, I guess. Um, yeah, I think it's just every, you got to wear green. Does everybody have to come dressed as a different, uh, different species? A different subspecies of frogs. Yeah, that's right. So I guess you could come as a toad. I mean, you know, we'd be serving frog legs, which would, is also a hilarious thing of like, come help us save these frogs, but also eat them. So that'd be a weird like thing. Save but... the chickens, but save, serve fried chicken. Yeah, it'd be the yeah. same idea. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You I'm going poisonous to poisonous tree frogs. It could be fun. You can oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, don't ask questions. Just lick this. 
<laughs> there we go. Which sounds like the comic book that Eric Aaron was talking oh, about earlier. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to give you a list of abilities of frogs, and I want you to tell me which one you would prefer going? in Where a real life context. You are a human being gaining the power uh, of the frog. Frogman. Do you, yes, do you jump impressive distances? Bulging eyes. You have bulging eyes that can see almost in a 360 degree fashion. Do you have an extra long sticky tongue? <laughs> do you freeze your body? Do you freeze 60% of your body in the winter? Ooh. Or do you eat bugs for sustenance to cut down on grocery bills? Ooh. As a dad with two kids, grocery bills are a nightmare right now. I'm going to have to go jumping ability. The freezing your body is pretty hilarious, but you got to go jumping. All right. Joey's getting a kick out of these questions. I can see in his face. All right. Last question. What's the difference between frogs and toads? Like, oh, man. Uh. Oh, that's embarrassing that I don't. Don't worry about it. It's a trick question. There okay. is none. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> Zing. Nicely done. All right. Thank you very much for playing. <laughs> Thanks for coming on to the show. Why, hey, thank thank you. Um, One thing that I do just want to shout out real quick about the Kickstarter. Yeah. On the reward side, if people might notice a someone in the comic book world has become a, a a pretty cool friend of mine and that would be artist juan doe of dark arc oh fame ooh. so him and i are are pretty chatty and uh if this project does get funded he will be doing a variant cover for me and that's amazing doing, we will be doing a, a wando variant cover of frog bucket which is pretty sweet and i'm very excited because i love that guy Look at you. I remember when you were having him on your podcast and you were all nervous in the boots about it. I sure was. <laughs> <laughs> and but now you're in is, the club. Yeah, he is a lovely, lovely man. That's so Point cool. of order. What's that? Toads have shorter legs than frogs and they crawl and they don't hop. Listen, there you go. <laughs> I, I checked the internet earlier. Well, and it said what I said. <laughs> You gotta chat GPT that man, otherwise, how are you gonna internet, trust it? Internet wins. I remember distinctly in my biology class, I was taught that toads have shorter legs than frogs and they crawl, don't hop. All right, I believe no, you. I spent a year with frog and toad, frog and toad are friends. Yep, <laughs> all right. I think that's going to do it. Um, do you have anything else, Tim, that you want to share with anyone? No, this has been uh, great. It's uh, I will say it's lovely to see everybody's faces because the last time I was on the show, it was uh, no cameras. So it's actually really nice to see faces. And Joey, you weren't on the show that I was on. So nice to virtually meet you finally. Yeah, man. So <laughs> I, appreci I appreciate everything that you all do and this show. It's great. And it's very lovely to have been invited to be on again. And uh, you're all doing wonderful work. So keep it up, please. <laughs> Thanks. Please do great stop. work. Congratulations, man. It's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. we'll doing see. the Lord's work. 
Very cool, man. You've been sticking and moving these past couple years. New job, new dad, all that stuff. It's wild. Not much whiskey geeks happening, but we're we got plans to we got plans to to come back. We're love that love that concept. It's yeah. We're uh we're 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 planning. I would say what we're calling a new season, whatever. But it's just my brother and I, and we're like, ah, we're we're gonna get back into it. A new flight. I was I. I was touted that I should try something called screwball. Uh, peanut butter whiskey. Didn't, you know who yeah, that didn't that quite was, work for me, but eh, you know that was yeah. uh, recommended to us by Ron Garney hilariously when he was on our show. <laughs> that's that's what he was uh, that's what he was drinking when we chatted with him. I am currently drinking uh, the Dead Rabbit. Have you ever had that? I have not, but with a name like that, I'm gonna go buy some. It's quite <laughs> yeah. good. You can find it at the LCBO. All right. Sounds good. Not sponsoring the podcast. We could if you want to. Um, we'll talk about that. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Uh, let's talk about the books that we're looking forward to this week. John, what are you picking up? Uh, Batman 139, uh, Shazam number five, Dead Lucky number 10, Enfield Gang Massacre number four, Spider-Man 37, Gods number two. Steve's favorite X book, Red number 17, and is. Transformers number two. Right on. Nice. Aaron, what's in the pool? All the X Men crap. Uh, let's see what else. We're almost Captain there, Aaron. We're almost I there. I know. I'm pushing through. <laughs> Captain Marvel, uh, Dead Lucky, yes. uh, number 10, like you said. Uh, Captain Marvel, Dark Tempest, number five, I should say. And I think uh, there is an, yeah, there it is. Icon, Icon versus Hardware, number five uh you know from our milestone folks and i think that's it for me awesome uh joey are you picking up don i got it here abbott number two met cadets number yes. four uh punisher number one coming out next week friend of the pod david pepos um x-men red number 17 steve's favorite x book um Zawa and the Belly of the Beast number one. Don't yeah. know what the hell that is, but the cover looks cool. I'll check it out. I met the um, uh, I met the creator at um, BlameCon. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he's great. He signed yeah. all of my uh, wind books. Uh, Mike Mike Dial Dial Dialanesis. I can't remember and pronounce his last name either. Yeah. <laughs> he did um he did that book with the uh, uh, Tiny Wind. Yeah, right? he did Wind. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it looks awesome. So I'll check that out. Poison Ivy and then Enfield Gang Massacre number four. Let's go. Awesome. Uh, Bob, what are you getting? Well, I'm officially looking forward to Poison Ivy 16 and Birds of Prey number three, which I got an early look at. Abbott 1979 number two. Rocketeer in the Den of Thieves was due this week, but it moved to next week because, well, comics. Marvel Unleashed number, Marvel Unleashed number four. And what if... Tomb of Dracula this week. Oh, cool. Uh, for me, I've got Dark Ride number nine, House of Slaughter number 19, Phantom Road number six, Zawa and the Belly of the Beast number one, and Punisher number one from Friend of the Pod, David Pepo. Speaking of which, next week on the show, we'll be joined by, you guessed it, David Pepos is coming oh, onto woo! the show to talk with us about the new Punisher. Looking forward to that. So definitely tune in next week where David will be 
joining us. I don't know if he's going to be here for the whole show. It might just be an interview spot. Uh, he's a very, very, very busy man these days. So uh, I'll hook up with him again, figure out what we're doing. But uh, that should be happening next week. So definitely look forward to that. And I uh, have to go buy that book now. I had no idea there was a new Punisher coming out. And yeah, sorry, can a, I ask? It's a new Punisher too. Oh, not Frank Castle. Oh. oh my. Okay, I'm definitely going to get that. And sorry, real quick. Sorry to hijack your show, John. <laughs> how good is the Transformers from? Dan oh, Warren so Johnson? it's is so it? it's so awesome. It's everything uh, you want from the '80s TV show, but Warren Johnson been to it. It's so I good. Love him so much. I do too. <laughs> He's so very good. slippery and elusive. Do a power it. bomb was amazing. Oh, it, it, yeah, Murder Falcon was great. Like, mm -hmm. uh, I like anyway. the Wonder Woman book. No one else on the podcast. <laughs> I liked it. I liked I liked what it. I read of it. I didn't finish oh, it, but I liked I what I read of it. Yeah, I, I, might, I didn't De mind it. Dead Winter. Dead Winter was that what it was called? Yeah. And is is this Star Wars the black, white, and red? Does that out or not? Oh, out? I don't think I don't so. Think I've not seen out that. Yet. No. Sorry, I follow his his art rep Felix Felix Comic Art, and mm -hmm. so he's been he posts his stuff. So I know he's got a Star Wars thing coming that looks awesome. Uh, Star Wars Red, White, and Black. No, sorry, the trade is coming out January third, twenty twenty four, which makes me think that there you go. It has yeah. at least a few issues have come out. Okay. Just anyway, all good. Sorry, sorry for hijacking. No, it's okay. Uh, Bob, what uh, you have a closing statement you'd like to make? Yes, uh, it's a plug, a complete plug. Our friend Nikki at Three's Brewing in Huntington, New York. We are doing our book club on Thursday the 9th, and it's a graphic novel this time around. And by popular acclaim, the winner and the choice for this week's discussion is Kristen Gudsnuck's Hinch Girl. Hell yeah. Nice. So we are doing from 7 to 8-ish at Three's Brewing in Huntington with a beer pairing that goes with the graphic novel as well. We will have a lovely discussion. It looks like a pretty big crowd too, but if you're in the area and want to stop in, I will be there as will Professor Dr. Carolyn Coca because we will have come right from seeing the Marvels right to Book Club. That's very cool. It's a nice, was that Friday? Thursday. Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. It's good Thursday plans. Love it. Amen. All right. Uh, anything else? Anybody want to uh, share anything before we get out of here? Hey, Steve, yes. I hear there's a live action Zelda movie coming out. <laughs> I didn't forget about it. I was just going to skip it. Wow. I, I'll say this. I, I'll believe it wow. when I see a trailer. That's what I'll say about that. I can't believe that they're doing live action instead of animation. That is bold. Uh, Wes Ball, who is known mostly for the Maze Runner movies and now the Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes that's coming out next year. So uh, he's the director of those. I think it's a, I guess it's a good choice. I've not really seen uh, any of those movies, but he certainly, the, the Maze Runner has that uh, like Breath of the Wild uh, aesthetic to it. How you're going to do Zelda in live action and be able to block out all the noise from the online community, just having a meltdown about whoever you cast for this project and whether or not he's going to speak. 
it is a brave thing that they're doing. And I look forward to hearing more because Nintendo tends to want big names a la Chris Pratt uh, to star in their movies. (laughs) I would love for them to find an unknown but it'll probably end up being like a Jacob Tremblay or something like that. And I really hope that they make smart choices. Joe with... Jonas. What? It's going to be Timothy Chalamet and we're all going to hate it. <laughs> People are calling for Tom Holland to oh, be How old Link. is Link? Link is, he's, I mean, he's a very He's in ages. Elf. He's in he, he travels through time. It'll be with an ocarina, if I recall. Him. They'll probably really cast like three three different people. It's safe to say that Link is generally on the younger side and under the age of 18, regardless of his incarnation. I don't know where Google got this from, but Ariana Grande. <laughs> Could be. Could be. I don't know. I listen. I like my loved... Ocarina joke, I hear. <laughs> Taylor I've loved The Legend of Zelda ever since the early NES days with the first one. Um, I think I've played every major installment. I've definitely missed some of the handheld ones, but um, I've played the vast majority of the Legend of Zelda series. It's one of my favorites. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom is without a doubt one of my favorite games from this year. I'm still going through it because because there's so many hundreds of hours to savor in that game. And I think they could do something really special here. But... uh, Tough live one. live action, not it's animation. And you know, you look at something like Dungeons and Dragons, where they were just like, you know what, let's just go off the rails, and it worked. You can't do that with can't do that with Zelda. How mm-hmm. are you gonna do Ganondorf? How are you gonna do the Gorons? Like, I just it's gonna be Jack Black. Oh my God, the Gorons are looking like the Goombas <laughs> in the Super Mario Brothers movie. It's just such a large range of outcomes in that that it has me. So nervous. I I hope that West so Paul survives it's the experience. Yeah. Bradley Cooper. Well, it's the we'll Street. see. We'll see. Nintendo Nintendo uh, is is ready to go for it after all the money they made with Super Mario Brothers. So they're going to be building out that brand. But until yeah. I get my elevator action movie, pardon? I, Whoa! I know. How about hey. that? That's loaded. I'm sure, that's on a corner of the internet. Yeah, that's what she said. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. That was an Aerosmith song. <laughs> All right, it's time to get out of here. No, I got, I got one more, Steve. Yeah, what's up? I got one more. Um, I just want to wish the eighth is a happy birthday to my goddaughter Casey, who some nearly ten years ago reached out to me because of this podcast. And I remember sent me that. an email and changed a lot of things for a lot of people so happy birthday casey that's fantastic happy birthday casey that's awesome all right we have reached the end of this week's edition of the talking comics podcast as always you can send us your comments or questions through our email podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com go and rate us on your favorite podcast apps including spotify uh bob where can our listeners find you? Old-fashioned email. Bob Ryer at TalkingComicBooks.com Joey? Um, nowhere. Okay. <laughs> Aaron? Jimmy DeVito. Oh, um, you can hit us on Instagram. Just John. a normal Instagram. And what is that Instagram handle? 
I don't know. It's Talking <laughs> Comics Podcast. <laughs> send me send me an email and I'll forward along to everybody else. You guys are like a balloon with all the air flying out of it at the end of these, the wrap-up. I'm sleepy. I'm not even asking John what his is, because I already know the answer. John's in witness protection. He can't reveal any of this. <laughs> Tim, <laughs> how about you? How can people get in touch with you? Where can they find you? And what is the Kickstarter name, <laughs> the official name of your Kickstarter? Uh, if you just go to Kickstarter, if you write in Frog Bucket, I am pretty sure the only other thing that you will see was a bucket hat that was shaped like a frog, which did get funded. So good for them. Oh. Um, I would like to be also funded. So if you just look up Frog Bucket on Kickstarter, that's the best way to find it. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, you could either go at the Whiskey Geeks if you want to see a bunch of comic book and whiskey stuff. Um, or my personal one, if you look up Tim Fraser, you could probably find me. But uh, it's at Murdoch Music MGT because I used to work in music and I don't anymore. I should probably change right. that. But I'm lazy see, I, and won't. Yeah. See, I was looking up Forg Bucket and I couldn't find it. Oh. He doesn't understand that reference. He that's, wasn't here for that part of the no, show. Oh, no. I bad. saw it in the notes. Don't worry. <laughs> Well then, well then. that's issue two is Fork Bucket. Fork Bucket. Yes, it's, it's bucket the variant forks. cover is Fork Bucket. Yeah. Introduce a frog named Steve that immediately gets eaten on the second page. <laughs> 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 all right, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, be excellent to each other, and until next time on the Talking Comics podcast, to be continued. actual frog bucket hunting bucket here if you pledge a certain amount of money wow that's right you can you should have said that on the podcast (laughs) you still can because this is the after credits oh there you go yeah i will send you a everything you need to go and get your own bucket of frogs that's one of the reward tiers cool and steve if you want i you can't there is a reward tier to get named in a future issue as well yo (laughs) you know you know that to get eaten (laughs) <laughs> you know that when you do the fulfillment that you don't have to send me mine you can just drive it over here and drop yeah. it off yeah, we'll yeah. hang out yeah just 100%. drive over and throw a bucket of frogs at his front <laughs> window throw them at the window in the front <laughs> splat <laughs> <laughs>